Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold. Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zong. Welcome to Silver and Gold, Daddy. I'm the loaf, and with me is Dr. Zah. What's up, fans? Fans of the show. Oh, we might have 17 now. Yeah! Uh, so, uh, we're covering some, uh, some uh, big people, big problems <laughs> movies this week. Are you laughing? We uh, yeah, we felt a little <laughs> we felt a little guilty for joking last week. Now that we've actually seen the fucking movies, so. well, you do. Yeah, me, I do. I never feel guilty. Um, so yeah, Precious from two thousand nine and uh, Fat City from nineteen seventy two. Damn, that's old. Sam, how are you, sir? I feel good. I'm drinking some, uh, what is this shit? This is that cinnamon tea that I like, Bigelow tea. Ooh. I don't know if Kath, I think Catherine Bigelow has something to do with that. I seriously, I think she does, uh, <laughs> but it's good. It smells funny. It's one of those ones that you, you just hold it up to your, under your nose and just smell it and it smells so good. Uh, mm, uh, but uh, everything's grand. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm, I fucking am delving, tipping. Dipping my toe back into the dating scene, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> just I'm already ready to bail. Just take, just take, do the toe, and then decide if you want to do it or not. Uh, yeah, do, just just shrimp, and then decide. Yeah, been a little little under the weather today. I I uh, had a. Uh, had a little stomach problem in the middle of the night, so I've just been kind of burp. But luckily, I had the day off for that reason, and that it was iPhone launch day today, and I didn't have to sell any phones. So yeah, gotta take yeah. care of that tum tum. Yeah, there's a new iPhone. Did out you today. buy a phone? I didn't buy a phone. Did you buy one? You didn't buy one. I thought you were. I can't afford one yet. Eh, I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it at some point. I'll Money ch- is just uh, in your mind. Yeah, or lack of money. Lack of money. It's just a frame of mind, man. Being poor. It is. The, um, yeah, so it was a busy busy week at work because of the new, uh, Apple put out a new operating system for the phones also, so there were tons of people coming in with various and various issues, I guess, on their phone, on their devices. I'm a little out of it still. I feel like I can't form my thoughts well yet, so hopefully that changes up, but it probably won't, so tough shit. Um, yeah. So, you said you hadn't watched a lot. We have it's it's been a short a short week again because I'm I've got a new schedule I'm trying to get the hang of. So, um, but uh, 
but so we're still trying, still trying to figure that out. So we're on a short, short turnaround this time. But uh, what have you been watching this it week? It don't matter. Um, I watched a movie by uh, directed by Harold Ramis, and it was made in 1983, and it's called Vacation. And when you go to na- to uh, IMDb and you put in National Lampoon's Vacation, it will not come up. Every other National Lampoon's Vacation or National Lampoon movie will come up. But National Lampoon's Vacation, which it even says on the poster, National Lampoon's Vacation, will not come up. You have to just put in vacation. And I learned my lesson before um, the show, and it really was making me mad. I, like, swore to God, to the God I don't believe in. Thanks a lot. You know, uh, why do you fucking have to just fuck with me all the time and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> this movie was it starred Chevy Chase and uh, Beverly D'Angelo, and also had a very, very fabulous uh, white bread, white teeth, blonde hair, the sexiest woman alive at that time, Christy Brinkley, mm-hmm. and boy, she was good looking. And I had the Sports Illustrated issues, and I, I'm, I'm telling you what, I spent mucho amounts of sperm. Uh, looking at those magazines. Who uh, next? Thing, who what? was her celebrity guy? Was it um, Billy Joel? Billy Joel. Yeah, uptown yeah. girl. <laughs> I would. Say, I will say that. Okay, I started out with Cheryl Teagues because she was the first one. She'd be in Sports Illustrated and have like a fishnet one piece on, and you could see her boobs through it, or a wet T-shirt, you could see her <laughs> boobs and this and that. Then I graduated to Christy Brinkley. Then Kathy Ireland was. Fucking, oh my God, Jesus Christ. Woo. Anyway, let's move on. I watched uh, another movie. Um, this was directed by George Seaton uh, from 1973. It's called Showdown, and it stars Dean Martin and Rock Hudson and Susan Clark, who was married to Alex Karras. Um, this is a Western. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I think I saw this when I was a kid, probably with my mom and dad on uh, you know, on like Sunday night at the movies or something, it had a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. But I think it, it. I mean, the director just. I think he just kind of fucked it up because there are parts in it, like in the end, uh, the the finale, uh, which is really good. But they just did these flashbacks to when uh, uh, Rock Hudson and Dean Martin were childhood friends. Uh, best friends all through when they were kids and growing up and they bought a ranch together and everything. But then one of them goes bad and the other one is a sheriff. Uh, and it, it had a, the story has a lot of potential and everything, but they just, I, I did not like the way it was shot. So anyway, but I mean, it's not saying I don't recommend it. It's worth a watch. And it was made in Finland. Whoa. What's <laughs> up with that? Uh, next thing I watched, I hit some high notes. Uh, this, this, uh, this show or past week. Uh, this was uh, 1953, Le Salier de la Pure, which is also known as The Wages of Fear, uh, by, directed by Henry uh, Georges, or yeah, I guess it's Henry, is it Georges or Georges or <laughs> I don't know, Glauzot. Yes, only Georges Glauzot. Uh, and it stars Yves Montand, uh, Charles Vanal, Peter Van Eck. And uh, it's really good. Jesus Christ. I mean, Sorcerer is really good, which was the reinterpretation, 
see, I'm I'm learning from like projection booth or whatever that uh, you you shouldn't say remake on things because it's it's just a reinterpretation of the original material or whatever. Blah 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 blah. But this is and and that makes sense. But this is really good. Uh, holy cannoli! Uh, the the just like sorcerer because they're in trucks full of nitroglycerin and they're having to go so slow. Mm-hmm. There's times where my butthole, I mean, I was, <laughs> I showed it to my friend who wasn't even watching the movie. I had it on my iPad and I said, just watch this one part. And I said, all you need to know is these trucks are full of nitroglycerin and they're trying to get them to this oil well fire to blow the oil well out. And we were both like watching them try and maneuver on this uh, wooden platform and it just tenses you up like you would not believe. Great fucking movie. Not a good movie, a great movie. So if you haven't seen it, um, I watched this. I got this on uh, iTunes. Um, I rented it. It's called uh, Deceptive Practice, The Mysteries and Mentors of Ricky Jay. Now this was, you know, Ricky Jay has been in a shitload of fucking movies. A lot of uh, David uh, Mamet movies and Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, he's kind of a fat guy with a beard, but he's like a um, magician card shark and all that. If you see his picture, you'll, you'll know immediately who he mm-hmm, is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got, uh, it's basically a documentary about his life. And then he also talks about all the different magicians, sleight of hand guys, card guys, jugglers, whatever that he met that are legendary that, you know, I didn't even know who they were, but, uh, legendary guys. And he would go and, uh, spend time with them and, have them mentor him so he would learn the craft. It's really interesting. And uh, one of the uh, – Mammoth is in it uh, quite a bit uh, being interviewed. And I've never seen him – I never even have seen him, I don't think. I don't let alone – Yeah, heard him speak. And he seems like a cool dude. And he doesn't talk like his fucking uh, – he writes. So that's in some ways kind of good. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, 2012's Lincoln, which was directed by Stephen Stephen. Spielberg. Yeah, I think that's uh, right. Yeah. Stars Daniel Day-Lewis, Sally Field, uh, David Strahan, and uh, Tommy Lee Jones, and uh, a bunch of other people. This is so fucking good. I bought it on Blu-ray, I think. I, I, I kept going to Walmart in these places. It's one of those ones that they never drop the price on. Yeah. The Blu-ray's still like 24 bucks, and the regular one's like 19 I'm like, what the fuck? So I finally got on Amazon, found a copy of it for like 6 bucks on Blue. It's just the, the Blue looks really good, but I mean, I'm telling you, I watched this thing probably three times this week, and when I would be doing stuff in the house, I just had it on and was listening to it. Awesome. Fun. You did that in the, your car, too. You listened to it in the car. Yes. Oh, my God. It's so fucking good. <laughs> okay, another high note. Uh, that was a high note, and uh, Wages of Fear was a high note. This is a high note, or maybe a low note, depending on your perspective. Uh, 1980s Cruising, directed by yeah. William Friedkin. Um, this is still... Uh... <laughs> um, I, I I read Roger Ebert's review of this because after I watched it, I thought, you know, I want to go and read some more about this movie because it's kind of legendary in yeah. its in uh, how it was made, the stuff that was cut out, blah 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 blah. And um, he seemed to say that um, the the director was not courageous enough to handle like. 
the the I think that he wanted some of the stuff more spelled out, like okay, was Al Pacino uh, into the scene beforehand? Uh, did he have gay tendencies? Is that what they're trying to say at this one certain part? Uh, is he this or that? Blah, 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 blah. Uh, I, I, I don't know if he wanted... I, I don't think that Ebert would be the kind of guy that would say, I need to be spoon-fed this shit. Uh, I, I, I wanted to... Uh, but I think that he wanted to know more about Al Pacino's background and Where what he was, he was thinking. Yeah, yeah. And they left a lot of it so ambiguous that he said it made the movie kind of confusing. But that's, you know, sometimes a director purposefully makes those choices that, okay, I'm going to let the viewer make up his own mind. Maybe bring his own stuff to the table. And one person might look at it this way and think, okay, well, you know, Al Pacino thinks this, or one person might look at it another way and think, oh, nah, that's bullshit, blah, 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 blah. But anyway, I still liked it. It's still entertaining, but that, I mean, I just, I'm sorry. I could not dance to that fucking music. <laughs> and that's a fact. <laughs> it was just bad. I mean, it wasn't bad. I, it was bad. I, it's not my type of music, I guess. Uh, another high note is I take another slurp of cinnamon tea. Cinnamon tea. Is, yes, 1965's Dr. Zhivago. Uh, directed by the legendary David Lean. This stars Omar Sharif. Uh, Julie Christie, who is so good-looking in this movie. Now, this movie is what made me a Julie Christie fan forever because she's so beautiful in this movie that it makes my fucking heart, like, hurt, uh, I guess. Uh, uh, Rod Steiger plays a big part in this. Uh, and um, Alec Guinness. Uh, and Klaus Kinski has a... a, a um, a small part where he is a political prisoner on a train and he's really good. Uh, Ralph Richardson. There's a shitload of people in this movie, but um, this is a big old uh, vast um, spectacle. Uh, takes place during the before and during and after the Russian Revolution. Uh, it's kind of a love story, you know. Um, Somewhere, my love. Uh, the, the famous song, Lara, you know, whatever. It's a good movie. I like it. Uh, it's very long. It even has an intermission. And in it's one of those ones that uh, back in the old days, they would put an intermission in the middle of the movie. Oh, yeah. If it was like three it's, hours and well, a half hours long. Every Bollywood movie still has one. So, yeah. Well, you know what? If it, a movie's like really long like that, sometimes it's not a bad idea. Because, yeah. I mean, they would say, like, uh, whether it was. Um, I don't know, Ten Commandments or uh, Gone with the Wind or this movie or whatever. They, you know, if it's four hours long or two and a half hours long, the people would they play the intermission. People would get up, go out into the lobby, smoke a cigarette, get something to drink, stand around, talk bullshit, and go back in for the second act. So it's like a rest break. So it's not it's not a bad idea. We saw um, we, we would sell see. a ton of uh, concessions during intermissions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, can you imagine him putting an intermission in the middle of like an hour of Cobra, which was like an hour and 20 minutes? Uh, let's see. <coughs> Next thing I watched was, um, this is another one. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> this is another one that, uh, I frequently just put in the DVD player, listen to it, uh, while I'm falling off to sleep or, uh, in washing clothes. And it is what happened to Jack Kerouac from 1986, directed by Richard Lerner and Lewis McAdams. Um, basically a documentary about Jack Kerouac and uh, has a lot of uh, interviews with um, a lot of famous um, beat poets and just 
poets. Uh, fucking like William, you'll see interviews with him on William F. Buckley's uh, TV show, and has Allen Ginsberg, William S. Burroughs, lots of guys like that 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 comment, talk about his life, and his, has his daughter on there, and uh, she was kind of cute. Um, but it's just <laughs> I, I like listening. To, I like listening to. Um, I have a couple of audio books. Um, like on the road and um, a couple of his other books to listen to, but I like this because they have several different times where he Jack Kerouac himself is actually reading his own poetry, and I like his voice, yeah. the cadence and everything. Because I mean, uh, a um, like the one I have, I think on the road is narrated by David Carradine, but you know when you hear when a poet is you know, reading his own poetry, he knows the rhythm of it. He knows what he's, you know, and it just, it just makes it so much more awesome. So anyway, I really like this. I picked this up somewhere at like a, at a horror hound or something. I think at like one of those fucking used bookstore hmm. or not bookstore or something. I can't remember what the fuck it was. Uh, I watched Nid de Gepes. Guepes. Nid de Guepes. <laughs> Uh, now, uh, this is uh, 2002, and uh, it's also known as The Nest, uh, directed by Florent Emilio Seri, uh, and it stars Sami Nakarneseri, Benoit Megilmel, Nadia Fares, who is very hot, uh, and it's a siege film. Um, I really like this. I uh, put it in. My friends had not seen it, and uh, we I kind of watched it, and they kind of they just weren't interested. I mean, it wasn't that it wasn't a good movie. They were just like doing other stuff. Um, and, um, but I liked watching it again. Uh, still a good movie. I'm surprised. Uh, and maybe they have, uh, well, you know, I don't know. Uh, kind of, uh, like, uh, well, whatever cares. I can't think of the analogy. I was just thinking of, but it's a good movie. <laughs> I learned, I learned about that movie from gentleman's guide to midnight cinema who bring class to trash since 1977. Um, I started to watch. Oh, what the hell? This is the wrong sheet. Motherfucker! See how God does me? Uh, he hates you. <laughs> I started to watch right before the show a movie, and I haven't finished it yet. I'm about 30 minutes in, uh, called The Purple Plane from 1954, mm-hmm. directed by Robert Parrish. And this was, uh, stars, uh, Greg Peck. And, uh, and it's a World War II movie about, uh, Burma. Uh, but anyway, I'll talk more about that next week because I plan on finishing watching it. And that's all I have. Mm-hmm. And I watched Manny Fernandez's shoot interview. And even though I've heard that he's a lion sack of shit, it's very entertaining. <laughs> um, I watched. I, I did watch some wrestling this week. And I, I've hit a point. I'm watching three different like compilations all at the same time, kind of like a couple matches here and there. And I've hit a point on all three of them yeah. where, where Ted DiBiase is there. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Uh, so see, yeah. I saw – I was watching – that uh, I finished up that Nick Bockwinkle uh, uh, Dusty Rhodes match and uh, DiBiase mm. interfered in that match. Um, then I was watching that the damn Ro- dirty dog. <laughs> watching the Rock and Roll Express, and they were there was a couple matches on that set with uh, um, Ted DiBiase and Sheik Hercules <laughs> is what they were calling him. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, I, I, in the AWA at one time. 
uh, Sheik Adnan El Casey was managing Ken Patera and Jerry Blackwell, and they became Sheik Bla- uh, Jerry Blackwell and Sheik Ken Patera. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. And they wore like the headdresses and shit. It looked so stupid. Yeah, it was just normal old Hercules, but it was he. They were calling him <laughs> Sheik Hercules Hernandez. He was wearing a like See, a turban. He was that was by it. Akbar. Yeah, yeah. Was he managed by Skandar? Skandar, yeah. Well, maybe he could have been a Sheik. I don't he could have been. Yeah, yeah. The um, and there was one other one. Uh, that he fucking showed up in. Yeah, so I've been watching a lot of Ted DiBiase lately, I guess. And I've started falling asleep this morning to um, uh, the, oh, Mr. Olympia, who was a heel at the time. Yeah, Jerry Stubbs. And uh, he was fighting um, Chavo Guerrero. So The thing about Jerry Stubbs was he was, I think he was so much more successful as Mr. Olympia because he was one of those guys that he... It, I mean, he had like a physique, almost like Paul Orndorff, yeah, but he was, he was, he was like balding. You know, he uh, he just he was like a he, even though he was probably only in his thirties, he looked like he was in his forties because he kind of had the the receding hairline and everything. Yeah. But he put the mask on, and all of a sudden, he became like a fucking big star. <laughs> and he turned he was a dirty dog too. He turned on junkyard dog. Well, he he, he was being uh, he was being, and it didn't. I don't have a time of this match, but he was being uh, managed by Skandar Akbar also. But they weren't calling fucking him Chic Mister Olympia though. That would be funny though. <laughs> it would be very funny. Um, uh, I did. I watched a movie. Uh, the gentleman mentioned it a couple weeks ago um, when they were reviewing uh, the uh, DeLeo stuff. Um, it was a movie called Black Jesus. Uh, mm. This is this is with Woody Strode and a bunch of other people I didn't really recognize. Um, it's definitely a Messiah story. Um, was Woody Strode Black Jesus? Yes, he. I forgot awesome. that his character's name in it. Um, it's not. It's not a religious movie, but it's like he's like a. I don't know, like a Martin Luther King or a Malcolm X type figure, but it's in this. It's 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 in an African nation, and the uh, basically the government wants him dead, and uh, you know the. I think I guess it's I guess they're Italian. Uh, the the soldiers that are there, you know, you have you have the the government who doesn't don't really do anything, and then the all the all the soldiers are white and I guess I assume Italian and it was dubbed in English. So I'm not sure, but, um, so it's like them and he, you know, he's put in prison with a, uh, with a, a thief, like a common thief or whatever. And they form a relationship and, you know, he's, he's preaching peace and everything. Like he does, he said, I don't, I'm not telling anybody to be violent and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, but you know, there's some torture scenes and it. it was pretty brutal at times. Uh, it was, it's, it's good. It's really short. It's, I thought it was going to be longer. It's only like an hour. Well, you know, you really minutes. can't tell a Jesus story without having some torture. It's true. I mean, that's exactly what it was. I mean, there was nails in the hands and everything. So it was they they didn't try to hide what they were doing. Jesus. But it was a uh, it was it was it was a good movie. I liked it. It's from '68. I thought it was going to be really long, but it was a lot shorter than I thought. So, um, and then one that I wished was a lot shorter was Battle of the Damned, <laughs> the, the Dolph zombie robot. Fuck a duck! Movie. I warned you. Well, okay. Since well, I, I mean, now I don't know yet. You haven't told me what you think. Since I had it, I was like, yeah, I might as well watch this, dude. Holy shit, it was awful. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. The robots were kind of so obnoxious. Yeah, the the robots were kind of cool, I guess. Um, the st- I don't know. They didn't have enough of them. Though. It was boring. How does a yeah, movie where fucking they're like mass slaughtering 
zombies get so fucking boring. But God, it looked like it was shot with my uh, fucking uh, phone too. <laughs> yeah. It was bad, good. just not good. And he, God, Dolph, that was, was a good so... concept though. You know, yeah. it, if Isaac Florentine would have made that, it would have been fucking awesome. Yeah, and if <sighs> I liked when Dolph would like use the axe. And like kill zombies, but when he started kicking, yeah. I'm like, oh my god, dude, stop! Oh, he's so slow and old. Yeah, he made them. It made him look. And really I old. like, I like the slow old Dolph. I make no bones about it. But my god, I mean, this was just bad. Yeah, it, this was not entertaining yeah. at all. I was I was halfway watching it and playing my game at the same time. It got that exciting that I <laughs> turned my head <laughs> and started playing. What were you game. playing? Uh, that final, the same game I've been playing, the Final Fantasy game. Are you not into uh, Grand Theft Auto Five or whatever? I'll tell you. Well, it's 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 my same thing as always with Grand Theft Auto Four. It would make me really motion sick to play it, so I haven't even bothered oh, looking okay. at it yet. Um, I figured it would do the same. Uh, the I like I like the I like games that where other people are playing at the same time. Uh, okay. Like the Final Fantasy game, it's 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 uh, there's other people running around too with you. So uh, for some reason, I like that aspect of it. Um. Let's see. Watched uh, a Lorenzo Lamas movie that you actually posted weeks and weeks and weeks ago on the YouTube thread called Final Impact. Um, uh, he, I don't think I ever watched it though. Uh, don't waste your time. It's it's okay. Turd. Well, good. It's kind of he plays a kind of a an alcohol a former kickboxer who was an alcoholic and. He used to be like the shit, but this one guy like basically like kicked his ass real bad in one match and broke his leg and stole his wife, and that's why he's an alcoholic. And now there's a kid that's coming up, and he wanted to get like his blessing. He's like, oh, I know you're the best, and Lorenzo Lamas is a big jackass to him, but then ends up ends up becoming like his tra- <laughs> ends up becoming like his trainer. And really, Lamas. It's like is- when we started podcasting, when people would you know be like, hey, hey guys, we want a podcast too. Get out of here. Get out of here. Give me some liquor. The um, kid. Uh, Lamas is actually decent in it. I mean, I like him. He's always fun to watch, but eh, the movie's really boring. Uh, the has some nice hair. The he he has he has fabulous hair in this too, and he and he um mm. the the one of the guys I I'm pretty sure uh it was him. One of the guys that played a Power Ranger was one of his opponent, one of the kids' opponents in the movie, <laughs> uh, which was kind of funny. Which would have been right around the same time. So he was doing this and that at the same time. Um. But, nah, not very good. Final impact. Um, the last thing I watched was this evening. Um, I wanted to put something familiar on. So I watched... Uh, uh, <laughs> I just had a brain fart. No Country for Old Men. I just um, had a real fart. Uh-oh. The yeah. This is a movie I've saw in the theater probably five times. I don't know how many times I've seen this movie. And it, it, it came up in a... Um, uh, Sammy was talking on the Gentleman's Guide group about, uh, you know, wondering if people's age, like if it if it would be reflected in their top movie list if it stops after a certain time, and he'd be curious if anybody over the age of like uh, thirty or thirty five <laughs> would have uh, movies older than like ten years old in there, or movies newer than ten years in their top 10 and I was uh, no country was my example. Cause I think that is in my top 10 and I fucking, I, I just adore this movie and I told said last week or the week before that I really liked the book too. And man, it's just, it's still you great. Cried. I, I did. I cried in the book and I still, I still get teary at the end of this movie too with Tommy Lee Jones sitting at that table. Um, spoiler alert. Tommy Lee Jones sits at a table. 
Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, and I did start listening Drink some to Bruce coffee. I started listening to the uh, audio book of um, of uh, God damn it, my brain is not working. Um, I'm Fifty looking. Shades of Grey. Uh, Blood Meridian. I start because oh. my my uh, my new commute is. It's not. There's no traffic or anything, so it's just kind of a straight shot. I don't have to really focus on anything except just driving in a straight line. Um, so I've, I've, I'm trying out audiobooks. I've always had trouble with audiobooks because I can't really... Like when I listen to them here, I either fall asleep or I can't really... You zone I out. Yeah, it's like I, I go through a whole yeah. chapter and I'm like, oh shit, I didn't listen to anything. I, but, I've done that driving and, and, like, and you, you're kind of like... Fuck! I've been kind of thinking about something else, and I'll be like, "What? The, what have they been talking about for the past yeah. twenty minutes?" I have to go. So I've, I, done that. I've yeah. been listening to the Blood Meridian, and, it, and uh, it's I'm getting it. It's good. So I'm, I'm, I'm it's uh, it's sinking in finally. So I mean, and I've started with one that I'd I'd read before. Um, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. Oh, and uh, Breaking Bad has two episodes left, and I'm very sad. But last week, oh my god, the fucking episode just that was one of the darkest. TV episodes of anything I'd ever seen. Like it was. You guys like, are like almost making me want to watch this, but since I have never watched it, I'd have to start at the beginning, and I'm like, it's, "Fuck, it's man!" All on it's like if somebody handed, handed you a great big huge novel that's it's, like uh, twelve inches thick. It's all on Netflix Instant, so you can I know. But goddamn, that's a lot of time to put in. It's worth it, man. It's really one of my favorite shows ever, and it's uh, better than episode, Friends. What's that? Better, better than, than friends. Better than well, yeah. It's just different. Different than friends. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine if friends had if they were like all on? They started out the way they were, you know, all zany and telling stupid jokes, stuff, <laughs> and then they got hooked on meth. Like yeah. David Schwimmer started making meth with Fat Val Kilmer. Yeah, and, and Brad Pitt because he made guest appearances on there. Yes, he did. And um, uh, what's his face did too? Uh, I think Jean Claude was on an episode or two. Oh my God! Have you seen the Van Dam? Go Daddy commercial? No. Fuck. Well, while oh. we're, I mean, I know while we're on here, we're always doing something else. But oh, YouTube, while right? we're sitting here talking shit, YouTube, uh, Van Dam, Go Daddy. Okay. okay. It's it is it's only like twenty seconds, but it's worth it. Cool. Anyway, well, that's that's my week in a nooch shell. So that was a good week, except for the shits. Yeah. The well, the shit, the, the the bad shits, and the and the final impact shits, and the uh, battle of the damned. But you oh, have to think, so though, your pain is our listeners' pleasure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, let's take a break and come back. And um, why don't we do Precious first? All right. All I right. just watched that. Oh, good. Well, we'll be right back. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yes. If I had a podcast, I'd podcast in the morning, I'd podcast in the evening. All over the swamp. I talk about Hamlin. I talk about Amicus. I talk about every tenuous link in between, especially about Neil Connery. Amicus.com. Another day in the hood with my cheese. 
trying to make an end. I don't want to slang keys, but how to compromise? Being broke to a baller. I ain't being broke when you're sharp, then you're smaller. Kicking up dust, cause I'm doing what I must. Running from the boys, I even have to rush food. Trying to play because I never got courted in. Bring it on, then. I'ma show you how it's done, friend. Mr. Pride from the West Side. I'm, I'm making no statement at all with play by play this song. It's just coincidence that it ended up here, I promise. Um, so, first movie of the day, Precious, 2009. Uh, I had never seen this one, and Zom had neither. Um, in New York City's Harlem, circa 1987, an overweight, abused, illiterate teen who is pregnant with her second child is invited to enroll in an alternative school in hopes that her life can, le- can head in a new direction. Directed by Mr. Lee Daniels. Is it a mister? I don't even know. Um, starring, uh, I don't know, do you know how to pronounce her name? No. Gabare Sibide, I think. Monique. And some other people that kind of pop in and out there. Mariah Carey and Lenny Kravitz for some odd reason. Azam. Yes. We've been talking about it pretty much since episode one. Joking about it in some way. Yeah. It's an easy target. For when you're, you know, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to apologize. What did you think I, of? Maybe I should. Your huh? first viewing. Well, Precious. I'll tell you about Precious. See? Um, honest to God, I thought Lee Daniels was a woman. <laughs> but it's not. Um, I had heard so. This is one of those ones that I had heard so much about, and it got so much like Oscar buzz. And Oprah was pushing the fucking shit out of it and everything that I kind of and I knew what the subject matter was. So you know, it's like, oh god, it's gonna be so depressing or whatever. And so I just never saw it. And uh, and until we started talking about it on the show, it's not that. It's one of those ones that it's like I know I'm gonna leave this thing probably feeling like shit. But um, oh fuck, I forgot he directed the Paperboy. Oh yes, that's right. Mm. That was a now that one had some stuff in it too. Yeah, he doesn't. He's what? a fucking weirdo, man. How did he's he, like how Mel the hell Gibson. Did he grow up? <laughs> yeah, he's like Mel Gibson with torture. He loves his movies, whatever. Anyway, um, Precious. This is the kind of movie that if we weren't, if we had not been joking around about, you know, the weight and all this and that, uh, the girl and you know whatever. Um, we probably never would have reviewed this movie. First right. of all, it's made in 2009, so it's pretty new for us. And uh, not exactly our type of subject matter. But let's get into this fucking motherfucker. Um, <laughs> uh, or do you I, mean daughter fucker? Um, my first impression when I started watching it was... Uh, and I even made the note, uh, hold the camera still. Well, at the very beginning, um, the cinematographer, I guess, cameraman, whatever the fuck you want to call the motherfucker, uh, there was, Precious was talking to... Um, like the principal or something? Yeah, or the principal. It, yeah. And it was like somebody who is shooting something with their phone cam, and they kind of zoom in a little bit, and they're like, "Oh, that's too much," and then they zoom out. Oh, no, wait a minute, oh, uh, too much. Oh, uh, out. Yeah. And it was just constantly like that. And I'm like, I hope this whole movie, and it's not. The whole movie is not like that. I noticed. I noticed a couple. There was a couple obvious crash zooms in it too that I thought were kind of yeah. Weird. It's kind of irritating. Um, he, there he, are, he produced Monsters Ball. 
make me feel good. If Precious would have said that, I would have vomited with her dad. Anyway, I'm giving stuff away. I'm way, way down into it. Uh, and so was he. <laughs> we laugh because it's, it's like a defense mechanism. Yes. Somebody told me that. Um, for when you're uncomfortable. And I'm Ugh. sure that uh, if she was on top of YouTube. This movie, yeah. <laughs> okay, you just pulled way away from your mic. You got really quiet. I know. No, I did it on purpose. Okay. Because I'm saying something really fucking insensitive. I know what you said. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, um, I this can't breathe. Movie, now I don't know how people feel about what they used to call. Now I don't know what they call it now, but we used to call it, and I'm doing quote fingers, soul food. But when you see oh. a big old pot of pig feet. And and now my dad and my uncle, my grandma used to make that, and we did not call them pigs' feet, even though there were more than one uh, pig's foot in the thing. We, my grandma would just be like pig feet, so it was a big cauldron of Ugh. beans and pig feet. Did it stink? It looks like it would smell bad. That's just pork. Ugh. You know, pork's pork, and they made it. It it would like have this gelatin shit on it. Oh Ugh. God. It was so gross, and they would sit there and eat that shit. And it's it's like um, when you eat like a like the little chicken wing or something like that, where it doesn't hardly have any meat on. I mean, how much meat could a foot have? Like, say a human foot, how much meat could it have on it? I mean, the pads of your feet are really the only meat on your foot. The top, and that's a human's foot because a pig's foot is just like a it's like a a straight down stump with some fucking. (laughs) It's like two toes, yeah. Yeah, two toes. So anyway, they were making that. and uh, A cloven hoof. I learned from this movie that uh, you can't eat no pig foot, pig feet. You can't eat no pig feet without collard greens. And that just makes sense. Um, I do love collard greens. Now, just to, the, 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 you know, the premise of the movie is you have this girl and she's uh, overweight. She's undereducated. Uh, she has... A miserable, actually, you know, between miserable and horrific home life. Uh, The thing is, it's the only thing she knows. Uh, So there, when I was just saying about laughing about saying something in a defense mechanism, she has her own defense mechanisms that she's developed. Where it's there's times where someone will say something to her, and she'll just be like, you know, why don't you go fuck off or something like that, and and you can tell that she just she has trust issues, which are you know, it's so it's very understandable because of the shit that's happened to her. Um, for the longest time, they talked several times about Precious having a child, but they never showed the child. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Are they ever going to show?" This? But I didn't realize that one of the reasons they didn't show the child was because uh, the little girl did did not live with her and her mom because the grandma obviously was at least smart enough to say, you know, let's get this baby the fuck away out of there. And I mean, there's the mother is so abusive and is so she's fucking, I mean, as far as she's crazy. She's disgusting. Now she's played by Monique who she's an actress. She's done television. I don't know about movies. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, if she has done movies, it's not movies that I've gone to really seek out ever. But she's really good at being fucking gross in this oh, movie. Yes, she and, had zits on her face and stuff that were uh, just like, and like, like armpit hair, hairy armpit dancing. The, and- the 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 question I guess I could raise is who is worse to her? Is it the mom or the da- or dad that is? 
Well, you don't see that. You don't hardly see that much of the, or you don't see the dad at all, except for when he is. I mean, okay. Well, you don't now, see him in in like a flashback, right? I don't think we're giving anything away here. I mean, uh, Precious uh, is both physically, mentally, and sexually abused. Now, there's one point in time where they leave it open to interpretation, but I think that there's a possibility. That she is sexually abused by her mother too. Oh, I, yeah, I don't think she's I, like. I don't, I don't think there's too much interpreting hey, to precious, do. Precious, yeah. come on up here, because she was like masturbating, yeah. and she calls for Precious to come upstairs. Ugh. And th- and Precious at this time is what? Is she sixteen? Sixteen, maybe. She's, she's yeah. go, sixteen, going on seventeen. Right. She's sixteen years old. So you have to imagine we're we're catching up to her. We're thrown right into this at sixteen years old, and this has this kind of behavior has been going on. Since I mean, the mother says since she was three years old. So I mean, you know, so she's like I said, it's one of those things where I'm sure that she knows that this stuff is wrong. But you, but I mean, this is the only thing she knows. This is this is her home life. She's had this. She's been indoctrinated into this since she was a like probably a baby, yeah. and never known anything different. Um, now, um, I have to say that there are. So well, I mean, there's so many points in time in this movie where I was so fucking repulsed. the 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 flashback scene with the dad, yeah, and he's all sweaty and shit, uh, just made me want to vomit. Now, I did not know that. Um, I knew that she had a child, and she is pregnant with another child. Now, you can imagine. Okay, the one thing in this movie that. Um, you have to keep in mind is okay. Precious is this big, heavy girl. She's got this, you know. She's obese. She's got a weight problem, um, but you have to keep in mind because she's she's as big as her mom. Well, bigger. But, she's bigger. I mean, yeah. They, yeah, and she's and but and, and but she's they, still a kid. She's just a kid. And they kind of touch on that because like her mom makes her cook all this shitty food and eat it. Like her mom, yeah. she'll just be like, oh. And, I don't want to eat that. You eat it, and she'll sit there and like just like you know make her daughter eat this like horrible food. And that's another form of abuse. I mean, it's but but I you know I know people that would that you know in these circumstances because Precious is like abrasive and obnoxious at times because like I said I think that's she's she doesn't know any better. Yeah. She's never had anybody care about her. She's never had any time anybody shows her the least little bit of of, of affection. Uh, in any way, like a teacher, if a teacher smiles at her or something like that, she she is like, oh my god, you know, because she just doesn't know how to handle it. No, she lashes out. Well, they go, yeah, you know, they got the little neighbor girl that always wants to hang out with her, and yeah. she just like says, you know, get the fuck away from me. Or oh, and I felt sorry for that little girl. Oh. You know, that was almost like an abuse because you know the little girl. Like I said, if you look at it from for either from Precious or that little girl's point of view, when you're a little kid. And you're so innocent, and you mm-hmm. just expect everybody to be nice to you, and somebody just, uh, you know, is nasty to you or something like that. It really fucking affects you. Um, and it's just, it, it's, it's kind of the whole, just cyclical nature of it all. Because yeah. she's that, you know, maybe her parents, maybe you know, we don't learn about them, but maybe some shitty stuff happened to them, and that's why oh, they, yeah. like they are. And then she's kind of going down the same road. You well, know, and like I said, out. I think I mean her mother as as horrible a person as her mother was. When you would see her talking or or whatever, th- th- to me she was mentally ill in some way because yeah. there were times where she was just the, she was so mean and so nasty. And then and you know they would show scenes and she'd just be like, 
hey baby you know what and maybe she was drunk i don't know but still to me there's got to be some there's something there no matter what if you're a pedophile or whatever uh or an abusive person or something like that you've got something fucking wrong because to me it's just not natural to to uh to do that to your own kid uh, and um so anyway um she has the the one good thing is it does show now this is supposedly a true story right it, no, it's, it's based on a book. I don't I mean. Yeah. I don't know if it's based By on. By Sapphire or something. I think it's supposed to be like a true story. Um, so anyway, um, she I does have. Yeah, she does have some people. And it's, it is, it is. I don't know if I would say, a, I guess kind of a feel-good story. Because she does have some people that come into her life that actually give a shit. I mean, and they, I mean, I can see from a teacher's perspective, principal or a teacher's perspective or whatever, when you see all these kids and the schools are overcrowded and you see a girl like this and they don't know the backstory. They don't no, know why she is. The, it's, a, it's a fiction novel. It's not. Oh, is it a fi- yeah. Well, fuck this. This is just manipulation of my emotions. <laughs> fuck this crap. It's just a flagrant manipulation. No, but anyway, I mean, I mean, my God, I'm sure there's shit like this that goes on and, yeah. and, and how people, kids can be affected, ruin their lives, you know, never get out of poverty and uh and and even just the the poverty thing even if she wasn't abused like that and but just living in you know where her mother basically uses her and her grandkids uh to continue to get welfare to get uh food stamps blah 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 um now let's see uh, a lot of my notes are I, even though this is a serious movie it does have some fucking funny shit in it intentionally or unintentionally and a lot of my notes are, are about that. Um, let's see. Her mother, when her mother was doing uh, her watching Soul Train or whatever the hell she was watching <laughs> and had that like lid tarred thing on, she, it looked like, a, I mean, oh, my God. <laughs> and she had them hairy armpits dancing. But now, and, and they show, one thing that I, I did like that they did in some instances uh, was show how precious um retreats in her mind to uh like a almost like a fantasy yeah. kind of a thing where her her fantasy life she's living in hell and to make up for this she she will you know like she's, i said just um, kind of retreat imagines into, herself being somewhere glamorous yeah. or you know she's on a red carpet like what she's she, that's when her mom throws something at her head like yes. a ashtray or something for not Jesus. getting the cigarettes knocks her out and she's knocks laying on the cold. kitchen floor and like hallucinating or whatever that yeah. about remembering her dad raping her with his fucking gross sweaty <sighs> belly in his Vaseline jar. Ugh. Uh, now, the the one th- one scene where they did that several times, or they do it throughout the movie several times. Uh, but one time that was really telling from a racial point of view is most of the time, Precious when she's fantasizing, she's still seeing herself at. As, as she is. Now she's dressed up in these really lavish costumes and clothes and she's like a movie star on the red carpet or she's dancing and there's a guy there just you know looking at her like, oh my God. And she's blowing kisses at him. Really. But there was one situation and I can't remember what came before that that, that uh, led to that scene but she's in her room looking in the mirror and she sees and she's imagining herself and, but she's not imagining herself as she did before as being African-American and being heavy in this net, she imagines herself as being white, a skinny, you know. Oh, yeah, uh, when uh, she's, she's combing her hair in the mirror, she's like a redhead, uh, like red, yeah. long, curly hair, skin, skinny, yeah. So that was kind of, you know, and, and 
in her circumstances, uh, you know, I could see where, you know, you see even as just a heavy person, you know, you might look at, at like a girl that's that's thin. And I mean, Jesus Christ, you know, I look at myself and if I'm 20 pounds overweight and I'm like, man, I want to get down to, you know, 220 or something like that, losing 10 pounds, losing 20 pounds is is hard. I can't imagine being that overweight and then living life like that because it would be so hard to lose that weight. I mean, everybody's like, oh, if she wanted to, she could, or, you know, people say that. But there at are that some point, people, she'd be losing half her body weight at least. Yeah, you know? and how people treat you. And I know, and that's one thing when we talked about reviewing this movie because we, you know, us, uh, Rick, or well, I'm sorry, Samurai, <laughs> <laughs> and I were talking about uh, Rock Hudson and uh, the movie Seconds because they reviewed that on um, Projection Booth podcast with Rock Hudson, the John Frankenheim, Frankenheimer movie. And we were talking about how if Rock Hudson lived today and he just was living as a gay man and as a movie star, nobody would give two shits. Nobody would say a word about it because, you know, you look at like the guy on the TV show, white collar, he's this handsome guy. He's the star of the show, young, good looking, looks like a model. And it came out that he was gay. And I, I think nobody really batted their eyes for more than like uh, two minutes. And it's like, okay, who gives a shit? Yeah. And how that would affect his life just because where he lived now, the precious, uh, she has this weight problem and, you know, I do it myself. I mean, you know, laugh and snicker or, you know, maybe make fun. And, and, but you have to, you know, you think to yourself what this person lives with every day because it's, it's a, a society deems it unacceptable and a thing to scorn and how you could really hurt somebody and just make them, you know, really, yeah. they, li- they might be a very sad person. And I'm sure nobody wants to be like that. I mean, it's like, like I said, I mean, somebody, a guy like that might look and be like, man, I wish I looked like, you know, Vigo Mortensen or somebody like that or whatever. Um, but it's really harsh. And I mean, one thing I took away from this movie, and I think about this too, because I, I have friends that, that I work with that are overweight and this and that and everything. And there are times where, you know, I think to myself, you know, you, it, it's, it's just it, how, to me, how is that any different than if you had a friend that was African-American and every time they walked away, you were like making like racist comments. Yeah. But it's so ingrained in you and, you know, to, to do that. And like I said, when Rock Hudson came out that he was gay and people would, you know, he was just became this, this uh, uh, punchline, you know, uh, any, on any gay joke on uh, uh, Jay Leno or Johnny Carson or something like that, they would, you know, say shit like that. So anyway, it does, it, y- y- this movie, you know, really, Gives you some perspective and makes you think about stuff like that. Now on to the funny stuff. <laughs> anyway, um, let's see. Um, I saw some Cindy Lauper posters and I was like, "Cindy Lauper, what?" <laughs> on her bedroom wall. Yeah, I mean, now I, I was just wondering, like, when, what time 80, was it, this? It, it takes place in eighty-seven. Oh, okay, okay. I they do say that. I just forgot. And I, I kept thinking, why do they have Cindy Lauper up there? You know. Um, but man, I'm telling you what, when I was in college, Cindy Lauper was fucking huge. <laughs> and I you know, and I don't mean, you know, whatever. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, a different kind a different kind of huge. Yeah. Um let's see. Um there's a scene where now I I I'm sorry. And uh, <laughs> there was a scene where like you said, the mother is such a cunt that she makes precious cook for weight on her hand and foot and everything. 
And when she brings her these goddamn pig's feet, um, she's like, the pig's feet got too much hair in them or something. Or something. Like the pig's feet had hair on them. Yeah, I, don't, they probably, I think pigs have little hairy knuckles. Yeah, they didn't shave the fucking Gross. hair. So I don't know what they're supposed to do. But anyway, so she makes – Precious like, I'm not even hungry. And she makes her sit there and eat that fucking food. But then there's a, a time where the mother – they have no food in the house. The mother either won't give her any money or doesn't have any money. So she's, she's like, you know, I'm starving. And it's the chicken scene. Oh. Now, the chicken scene, I was kind of laughing about that. She looked very proud of herself while she was walking down the street. Man, when she took off running <laughs> and she became the, the fucking master chicken thief, and she's eating the chicken while she's sprinting. Now, this girl got away 350 <laughs> or bigger, wouldn't you think? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's hard to tell with a woman because women are you know, shorter. So you might see a guy and think that guy's got to weigh between 350 and 400 pounds, but not taking a perspective. She, she's, she looks like she'd be, unless she's like five feet tall. She, yeah, I mean, but she was taller than every woman in this movie. Right. So, I mean, she but, looks like a big, she's probably 300 at least. But she's she's steals this bucket of chicken without paying for it, and she's running down the street eating it. And then it it goes from that being kind of a... It's kind of Amusing. sad at first, and then you, well, I liked her when she was very as she's walking and she's got it under her arm, and she's like, yeah. da, 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 you know. Well, like I said, that was kind of amusing, but then when she she gets sick, and yeah. then I was like, oh my god, and then she's sitting there, and it's like, oh, you know, poor fucking thing, Jesus Christ. Now, was she sick because she ate it all, or was she sick because of she was being because she was pregnant? Uh, it's hard to tell. Yeah. I mean, they don't say, but I mean, she 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 just like gorged herself on it. But then she was also fucking running at a sprint, yeah. and she has it like on her face and stuff. Yeah. But then you know, it's but whatever. Um, let's see. The one girl I had to laugh because she goes to she she actually is smart, and I think that some of the teachers actually looked at her and they said, you know, she does well. She she's not stupid. She does well in some of these classes. If we could just get her into a school. That could could help her that had less students and this and that. So she goes to the special school. Well, this girl, I, I didn't know who it was at first, and they and um, Miss Blue Rain uh, is the teacher. And I was like, God damn, man, she's good looking. And it's Paula Patton, and Paul, I've seen Paula Patton in other movies. And not only does she have a hot body, but she's fucking just hot. She, she was, was very hot. Yeah, she was in that uh, last Tom Cruise Mission Impossible movie. Uh, I didn't see that. Uh, it's good. It's it. It really is good. Anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, I don't know if I'd seen her before. I don't. She's, wild. she's I a good looking that. chick. I've seen uh, Hitch, but I don't remember. Yeah, she was in Hitch, but she was in one where, where she yeah. was. The whole concept was it was like a rom com, and she's getting married. Uh, but anyway, um, the the teacher was telling all the girls, and all the girls in class are pretty colorful. And there, and <laughs> when you think about it, I knew girls just like that. Um, uh, but she goes around and asks the girls to say what their name is, what their favorite color is, and, and what they like, like what their favorite hobby is, or something. And this one girl says, "My favorite color is fluorescent beige." I'm like, <laughs> fluorescent beige. She's the one. She's the one that was going to be a musician, right? She had yeah. the. She had like the MC Hammer glasses. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, let's see. Um, now there was a scene in this where there's one smart ass girl in class, and if the teacher says, you know, uh, um, go up and write the letter C on the chalkboard, she'll say something like C for cunt yeah, or something makes yeah. these smart ass comments. Well, when uh, Miss Rain tells Precious to go put the letter F up there, the girl makes the comment F for fat. Well, Precious, as she's walking back, bitch slaps the shit out of this girl. Well, <laughs> they, they said that 
I guess Lee Daniels told the girl that plays Precious to hit, to slap that girl as hard as she could for real. Oh, and wow. they didn't tell any of the other actors. And so, because he wanted to get this, the, their natural reaction, which is pretty fucking asshole ish. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, especially since they're kids, you know. Um, I think, from to me, it seemed like Precious um, was suffering from some form of uh, definitely post traumatic stress. Mm hmm. Because not only was the abuse still continuing, but I mean, to have that shit happen to you, uh, there were times where she would just, like you said, just kind of zone out. Yeah. And like the teacher would even be talking to her and she would just be totally like zoning out, uh, thinking of something else. And it's not like, it's not a person who is just uh, goofing off or whatever. She was kind of, she was fucked up. Uh, and it had to affect you, it would have to affect you psychologically. Um, can't eat pig feet with uh, color greens. Uh, cold ass pig feet is some nasty ass Ugh, shit. God, I could imagine. Uh, so she told her to eat that pig's feet uh, while it was hot because cold ass cold ass pig's feet is nasty ass shit. Why did she? So that's pretty though? funny. Um, they literally Precious's first child, who was from an incestuous uh, encounter with her own fucking father, which makes me want to vomit. Uh, they called the kid Mongo. Yeah. Or Mongol or Mongo. And they said, well, wh why do you call her that? And she said, because she a mongoloid. And the kid had Down syndrome. And that was just like, I mean, I was like, oh, my fucking God. Well, yeah. And then, like, you know, the scene with uh, Monique sitting there on the couch and the kid's like, oh, he's like, oh, you fucking animal. Like, leave it on and the, the floor. And the little kid was so cute, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, my God, this is just awful. Because they would spruce up the, ha the, uh, the shitty apartment and put on what we call putting on the dog when the social services woman would come over to see if they should still get their welfare. And it was just so fucking sickening. Um, I have a note that says incest with dad and mom. Fuck a duck. Which I noticed at uh, Horror Hound, and Sammy even pointed out that I say that a lot. <laughs> you got me saying it a lot. What? Uh, <laughs> Quack. Um, oh, and then Precious... Uh, when she, there was a social worker in this movie, and there were there were two people in this movie, and when I was watching it, I did a double take. <laughs> One of them because I think I may have heard that it was Mariah Carey, yeah. but if you, if I wouldn't have known it, I wouldn't have known that's who that was. Yeah, she looked like shit. I mean, no makeup in and, a normal way. Like yeah. when I say look like shit, she's usually very made and up. And she was good. And yeah. I think they hired her like two days before they started shooting because it was supposed to be. Um, what's her face? Uh, Helen Mirren, and she pulled out. Oh wow! So yeah, I, mean, I, I was just saying on the, on his IMDb that Lee, he's friends with Mariah Carey. Lee Daniels is. He did something in music, I think, before movies. They were he she she was in a movie that he did at one time too. Mm. Uh, so that's why he called her. But I mean, I was I was surprised because I've never seen Mariah. I never saw glitter or any of those fucking that shit. So, but she she was fucking per fine. You know, yeah. she did a really good job. Um, Nurse John, I had no idea who the fuck that was, <laughs> and I thought it was somebody else, and then I found out when I looked at the casting, it's Lenny Kravitz, yeah. and I was like, holy fucking shit. That's a, that's a weird one for me. Like, why, it, it, it could have been anybody. Like, Yeah, and the thing is, th there were scenes like w with that, uh, with him, with uh, the teachers, and with the girls who become when, – when these people start becoming more affectionate and nice – 
to Precious, it really does make you feel good. It's like yeah. they're fi- you know, finally there's people are showing her that it doesn't have to be like it, like what she's used to, and that pe- there are people that give a shit that aren't being nice to you just because they want something for you to you know fuck you or yeah. I, I liked that scene after she had the second baby where they're all sitting in there and he's eating yeah. fruit and they're all making fun of him for eating organic fruit. <laughs> that one girl said, I, "I wish I was, I wish I was a piece of cantaloupe or something because <laughs> he's eating this cantaloupe." <laughs> Uh, and he he handled it well, you know. Yeah, but I he, thought it was, it was kind of funny. Um, what's her name? The mom's zits were just so gross. I was like, <laughs> I wanted to fucking just go up there and just go. <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't do that, but I would definitely throw a bucket of Clarisol in her face right after I kick her in the fucking mouth. Um, Precious uh, tells there. There's she. Now at one point she goes to a an incest survivor group. And she, they just like, tell it's like a halfway said, house, right? Yeah, and she says, uh, you know, it's really hard talking to people about this and that and everything. Uh, and uh, 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 she mentions just out of the blue, because you know she probably wants to to come clean, but you know there's a certain amount of embarrassment. Like at one point, she says, you know, my dad w- told me he wanted to marry me. Oh, uh, but yeah, she kind of mumbles it, and she's like, you know, the, oh man, awful. And it was just awful. But she also says, makes a statement that um, when she had uh, the first child, which is the one with Down syndrome, that she had it on the kitchen floor. And while she was having this baby, just all you know, on on her fucking kitchen floor, her mom was kicking her in the ass while she was having the baby. Now that's how sickening that was. Um, let's see. We had an inevitable when I'm and I'm glad this happened. Uh, and uh, my notes say throw down in Harlem. Where they they, they 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 brawl her, and, her mom. Uh, and I was like, oh god, because you, know, you just wanted her to fight back and just you know yeah. and get the fuck out of there. Uh, now, it, I got to a certain point in the movie, and I thought, okay, this is probably going to wrap up here because everything seems. Oh, like- I know exactly the part you're talking about, well, and I'm not going to tell what it is, but I mean, it's like, oh, you know, Jesus Christ, I didn't expect that. I well, mean, there's a, there, okay, there's a there's a there's a, a part where the the teacher. Is talking about protagonists in stories having to deal with unrelenting circumstances, and that's right. exactly what this movie becomes. Yeah, and I made the mistake, and I know the part where you're talking about. I made the mistake of looking how much time was left in the movie. Yeah, and I and because of what had happened, I'm like, well, fuck, something awful is going to happen. Well, yeah, because I mean, I'm like, I like, okay, that this it, they could end it right here, and I and I was thinking that they were going to, and then I looked, and there was like. 30 some minutes left. I was like, okay, what else could they have? We must have looked at it at the exact same time. Yeah. Um, Now, just uh, some of the technical stuff, which just, this is just shit that I looked up. Uh, You know, that Mariah Carey took Helen Mirren's place in. It's just like any other movie where you hear that so and so was supposed to be, Mm -hmm. you know, in the movie and you think, okay, I wonder what this is. I don't think it would have changed it that much. Um, It was shot in only five weeks. Uh, I know that, like, I, I remember when this came out, and Oprah fucking was uh, just a huge supporter, pushed the well, shit she, out. She, well, she put money in it, too. Yeah, she was a producer yeah. at one point. Um, let's see. Oh, and then the one thing I read that they said that, that Monique uh, actually was a, an incest survivor. Ugh. And so when they when she they came to her about doing the movie or something, she was kind of reluctant about about even doing it because i guess you know i'm sure it would dredge up a lot of mm-hmm. shit uh but anyway that's about all i have i mean i i, I will say that I, 
like I said, I, it's just not. It's kind of out of our wheelhouse. Yeah. And I'm glad that we did it because I I, I like that to do things. Some things. I mean, like if we did like a goddamn just a movie that was a love story or something, I wouldn't have any problem with that as long if it's good or even if it's shitty. You know, we're just you know because if you're going to review movies, you know, you should yep. just look at them and there's stuff that you can take from it that you might end up liking. You know, and, and branching out. But I mean, this movie is very depressing. It's very disturbing. Yeah. And now, when I he- when I hear that it is a work of fiction, uh, then I mean I know that there are probably people that have lived this and went through it. Uh, it, it I actually did think it was a uh, it was true based story. on a true story. Uh, so you know uh, that when when I thought it was based on a true story, it makes it even worse because I'm like oh my god. But then when you hear it's an act of fiction, you wonder if they're you know, okay. Well, let's just make it as let's make it as disturbing as possible, so we can get the most reaction out of. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I don't know if I'm. I know, feeling no, like I know what you're trying to say. And like, there's two. There's two things about it that may bring it down because this was like you know when this came out, it was it was it was huge, you know. Yeah. And if if anything, what I could say negatives about it. One is that it's just like. And I know this happens in real life, but it's like one of these things that's like, well, fuck, I mean, how many more awful things can happen to one person, you know, and it just keeps beating you over the head with it. And I know that people actually live lives like that, but, and this ties into the second one and also into the fact that both of us stopped at 30 minutes left and realized something else was going to happen. It makes it in a way almost like you kind of just know what's coming. You don't know exactly the details, but as it's going along, it's like, you know, I, I, I never felt... After the initial shock of the first like fifteen minutes, the rest of it was just kind of like, well, something bad's going to happen again. Something bad's going to happen again, and that kind of lessened the impact for me as it went on. I'm not saying a lot, but it 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 wasn't like it didn't blow me away after it was all said and done. Yeah, I, 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 I it, unlike you, I think that it it, um, it did get so much uh, hype. And it was such a big, you know, success and all this and that. Uh, I think it's. I don't know if I would. Would you say this is more of a? a I hate to say this to sound sexist. Me, I would hate to say that it sounds sexist. Uh, would you say this is more of a woman's movie? Like you know, because I, th- I mean, yeah, I Oprah so. pushed it and yeah. this and that. I, I think it's more. It, it probably speaks more to a female audience. Definitely. Um, I, it's it's one on. I mean, I would never. I probably wouldn't have seen it if we were not reviewing it, honestly. Yeah. Um, not saying it was there's there's no reason why. It's just you know, it's just not in my wheelhouse, and I knew that from the get go. But you know, I am glad I saw it. Yeah. Um, there was a there was a funny line in it that I thought you would pick up um, when the the receptionist at the school said. Uh, I think she was talking on the phone. She's like, I went to see this movie Barfly last night. What a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did hear that. I'm like, <laughs> what? Fuck and, you. Uh, um, but I think I think the 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 good about this, well, my favorite part is, and I'm just slaughtering her name is is Gabare Sibide. Yeah, notice that I didn't even try. She's well, her dad is like from Senegal or something, so I guess it's going to sound a little the African. So Sibide, so I will say Sidibe, Sidibe. Okay, so the D is second. I was like Sidibe. Okay, she is really good in this. Um, and this is her first fucking movie oh, yeah. ever. 
Uh, now, she, has she been in anything else? She was in Seven Psychopaths, briefly. Well, see, there was a controversy, and I think Howard Stern had said something about, you know, everybody is, you know, just touting this girl and, you know, how blah, 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 great, and what a great job she did and everything. But he just said, you know, no matter what, um, she, he, I think he was just saying she's going to be a flash in the pan because she, because of her weight, that she was perfect for this movie. But who, you know, she's, uh, and I think I, I think that even he came back and and and, exp- and explained what he was saying because you know everybody jumped all over him and said you know oh you know you're an asshole. She's a beautiful girl. You know, heavy girls can be beautiful too. And everything. but his perspective was the way that Hollywood is. Oh yeah. That um, you know this She's was good. like it's a gimmick role. Yeah, is what he was saying, uh, okay. and he said, you know, for as young a girl as she is, he goes, I think that it's not doing her a disservice by saying that she should, you know, somebody needs to help her and help her lose weight, or she's not going to have a long life. And but people jumped all over. You're being racist, blah blah blah, or you're, you know, or you're, she's, you're putting she, down heavy people because she's overweight and because she's African American, she's going to be. I mean, well, like look at look at who played her mom. Look at Monique. You know, she's she's a fine actress in this movie too, but they they she got she's been shoehorned into very very specific roles. Mm. Um, now it looks like she's going in a different direction. I mean, she was in this. I've never seen it, but a Tower Heist. It looks like a. I saw that. Yeah, she What's was in that? that. Yeah. Um, she was in Seven Psychopaths, which, uh, but not for long. Was she um, in fucking um, what was the one with uh, oh god damn lock, not lock stock and two spangle barrels uh, it was uh, god damn it well shit just keep talking I'll find um, it. I mean she's got three things in the works I mean she's still working um, but she yeah the butcher story there's not a lot of room what? for character actors in Hollywood and that's kind of what she's gonna gonna be I think. And well, and that sucks something. because somebody was talking about that the other day, and I think it might have been on uh, uh, Married with Clickers that you know there just aren't. They need to get back to where they have people with the interesting faces, where everybody's not a beautiful person. Yeah, uh, it, it, it not. I mean, in in what they consider beautiful. And she, uh, I mean, like I said, she's my favorite part of this movie. I thought she was yeah. terrific. Oh, God. And that's, um, but I mean, she was just so fucking. Uh, yeah. But I mean, that's not her. I mean, that's just her acting, and that yeah. makes it even better. But yeah. Jesus Christ! What but is, I mean, she was looks like she was in the big. I don't know what the big C is, but she was in quite a few episodes of that. Oh, it's got Christina Applegate in it. Um, so she's little, done some TV work. It looks like she's choosing varied work, so that's good. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, well, good luck to her. Um, I don't really have anything else to add. Let's rate this fucker. Go for it. Oh, maybe I'm doing it. Um, I will give this... Really? God damn, man. I mean, I know it's a good movie, but I, I, I would give it like a 7.75. It's, it's kind of totally out of my fucking sphere of movies. I think it was good. I don't think it was as great as some people say. And I think that one of the reasons uh, that it got so much attention was shock value. Yeah. It had so much shock value. Um, I think that everybody did a pretty good job, 
but um, I didn't like some of the camera work. Uh, like I said, that that kind of in and out shaky stuff there and, at the beginning. And I mean, this, me. was this his was this his first direct directorial effort? I mean, this could have been kind of like learning his craft as well. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I, I noticed. I noticed the camera moving too. I'm very. I'm susceptible to that anyway. But well, I did monster. Well, no. Well, he uh, he produced that. But yeah. and I, I give. I mean, I would give this a seven point five. I'm right there with you. It's. I thought it was really good. Shadow um, Boxer was before this, but because of the like what I said with the almost in a way feeling predictable. Yeah, it kind of bumped it down some. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. I mean, like eh. uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. and Helen Mirren. For what? This is uh, his first movie was Shadow Boxer. Cuba Gooding Jr., Helen Mirren, Macy Gray, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Monique, Stephen Dorff. Had a pretty good cast. Hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out. All right. Anyway, but let's not belabor any more on this fucking thing. Yeah, let's. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, why don't it was we? All right. Why don't we take a break and come back and do Fat City? We'll be right back. During this podcast, I've seen a lot of changing in the way you feel about me and in the way I feel about you. In here, there is only one action movie being reviewed, but I guess that's better than 20 million. I guess what I'm trying to say is if I can record and you can listen, Everybody can be entertained! Yo, Adrian! Action Attraction. Your home for all things action. To find out more, visit MetalMikey.Lipson.com or search for Action Attraction in iTunes. City, 1972, Zong, Synopsis. Oh, I'm going to synopsize. Two men working as professional boxers come to blows when their career when their careers each begin to take <laughs> op- opposite momentum. Why can't I get through a, fuck, a synopsis that's like one goddamn sentence? I, can't, I don't think I've gotten through one synopsis okay. on this show without fucking it up. And that is just, that's not something that uh, a podcast that's number eight on the fucking list. Oh, yeah. What? Daily Grindhouse. They, they, they like us. Shit, man. Pressure's now on. We have to, we're going to have to step it up and stuff. So, before I start talking, I'm going to play this here. If it'll load. Always the fun game. This fucking song, man. It gets me. Chris. Alright, so, Fat City, 72. Um... 
This is um, directed by John Huston. Now, John Huston is an interesting director. He's been on our show once before as a very scuzzy guy in that in that Raquel Welch movie that we did. Do you remember that? What was that? The one where she plays a hermaphrodite. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was uh, Myra Breckenridge. Myra Breckenridge. He's in that, but I was thinking about the roller derby movie. So it's, it's amazing to me that a guy that you know directed what uh, Treasure of the Sierra Madre, Maltese Falcon, African Queen. Was Maltese Falcon his first movie? He did some good shit. Jesus. His his dad was a famous actor, Walter. So um, so it was just all nepotism. So I guess I need to see his 80s work because it's interesting how he, you know, shit, did he do The Man Who Would Be King also? Jaw. He wanted to. Man Who Would Be King was originally supposed to be Humphrey Bogart and I think Spencer, or no, Clark Gable and Humphrey Bogart. Mm -hmm. And then it just, it didn't happen. And then later on it became, I think it went through like maybe two incarnations where he had plans to make it with. Uh, like Bogart and uh, Clark Gable, maybe Spencer Tracy and somebody or something like that. And then it, you know, when they finally made it, it was Sean Connery. So I guess and I need to see some of his time. 80s work. It looks, it looks like his changing through the decades. I mean, was pretty, pretty interesting. His shift, the Key Largo, he did. Fuck. Yeah. And I mean, he as an he has played some scuzzy motherfuckers <laughs> in movies that he didn't direct like Chinatown he played Faye Dunaway's dad and uh, he was in um, Winter Kills he played Jeff Bridges' dad who was basically uh, Joe Kennedy to you know uh, kind of that kind of a deal yeah. but uh, I mean he, he plays really good scuzzy and he's got a, and his you know he's got that deep voice and he talks like this and, you know, it's cool. I mean, interesting dude. I know, uh, what's her, uh, what movie did we review? The woman said that um, he casting couched her and oh. fucked her, and she called him a scumbag, and so she hated, she hated him for the rest of her life. I don't know. I, god damn. I don't know. I think I talked about in the last show. So go back to last show and listen to it, because we're number eight. <laughs> you're getting, uh, you're getting very, uh, we might have to restart Skype in a second. You're getting pretty choppy. The, um, so the, um, if you want to go ahead and, uh, okay, restart I'll, I'll it. While we're speaking. The, okay. so, um, we got Stacy Keach who plays Tully and Jeff Bridges. I mean, it's quite a trio of, of, uh, of people here. You got, um, Jeff Bridges as Ernie and he plays the young kid coming in. Keach is, um, down on his luck, I guess you could say. Now, they, they never really say, well, he says that he's 30 at one point, but I wasn't exactly sure um, how old Keach was supposed to be. Now, he's like, like I was just saying, Zom, he says he's 30, but it, was he really supposed to be 30? Uh, I think so. I mean, one thing about him is, is uh, he started losing his hair, so he had the the horrible, like, long coma kind of a deal, which <laughs> made him look even older. Yeah. You know, than he was. So the, um... But he was kind of an unknown when they made this, so... So then this you This was have... supposed to be... Marlon uh, Brando was supposed to play that part. Really? Yeah. And Brando said, okay, and then he said, I'll get back to you. And, and um, he was probably he, fat and didn't he, want to get in shape. He did Godfather there. instead. Yeah. Um, and then Susan Tyrell, who plays the... Spectacularly drunk Oma. <laughs> Jesus. 
Uh, I know people like that. Was she in something else we reviewed? Susan Tyrell was in uh, several fucking things that I have seen. Oh, she was in Flesh, Flesh and Blood. That uh... yeah, 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 yeah. She kind of <laughs> played the same person. <laughs> yeah, I think she played a similar kind of person every time. But yeah, she was. Uh, she used to date Hervé Villachez, the, uh, the uh, bitch from <laughs> Fantasy Island, for long for a while. They were in love. So you got Jeff Bridges. Um, <laughs> Jeff, I wish I had a bitch to be in love with. Jeff Bridges is is coming into the scene. Um, the movie opens with him kind of. Uh, well, the movie initially opens with Keach looking really fucking just out. Like every time I see him laying on that bed in his holy underwear, I make the comment that looks like me. <laughs> um, yeah, I said Keach and his old tidy whities All right, two things about the tidy whities Mm-hmm. One, it seems like way more often than not, tidy whities are made to look like someone's like fucking tired or dirty or like just rumpled or something. You know what I mean? Like, like how often do you see tidy whities on like a nice clean cut person in a movie? Yeah, unless I mean, if it's on like if it would be like Fastbender or somebody's in really good shape, they'd be like the the uh, like designer tidy whities yeah, yeah. that are like r- real sculpted and you know. Bright not white. not the not the fruit of the loom that had the little saggy place. Yeah, right these are right the kind that my dad butt. would end up washing the car with. <laughs> but to the second thing, it was somebody's job to distress Stacy Keach's tidy whities in this movie <laughs> to make them look old. <laughs> they might have called my dad. Yeah. Said, hey, uh, get that rag box down there and. So that's when we we see uh, we go to the gym. Um, you know, Keech is getting up and doing his morning routine, whatever that is. It looks like it's midday, and he's finally getting up. And uh, his apartment's a shithole, and he looks like a shithole. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's a shithole. <laughs> um, and he's going down to the gym uh, where Jeff Bridges is, and Jeff Bridges is there by himself, and he's he's working on this speed bag. Now, that's always been a thing. I've tried to do a speed bag one time and it looked really silly doing it. I don't know how you can get good at that, but the timing it takes to do that is something I've never had the, the ability. We for. had one in our basement and then at the gym and I could do all that shit. Nice. Not bragging, but I could do it. Um, and, and Keech isn't like, I was expecting when you see him laying there with his like gross, like brown t-shirt and his <laughs> holy underwear, I thought he was going to be like, look gross, but he's actually in really good shape. Yeah. Um, you know he's done. He doesn't have a gut, which I was definitely expecting. But he's got little. He's got the the what's the shoulder muscle? The deltoid is that what those are called? Or traps? Um, the one the Goldberg muscles. Goldberg muscles. Yeah. yeah. He's got those going. I mean, yeah. He looks. He looks like he's. He looks good. Minus the, I mean, making him <laughs> making him look like shit for the movie. Um, and uh, he kind of for whatever reason they've crossed paths now. And he sees something in Bridges as a boxer. They're they're, they're both they're both boxing. They spar together. And Ernie he, Munger. Kurt, Ernie Munger. That's yeah. That's uh, that's Jeff Bridges' name. Um, and so he gives him a, a referral. Um, he's like, listen, I used to box. Um, I mean, I'm old and out of shape now. Uh, but I think you got something. Why don't you go see this guy? Um. In my notes, I wrote Coach Ernie Pantuso. Yeah, um, he lost a lot of weight before he was on Cheers. He was a, he was pretty chubby in this one. Nicholas Colasanto um, plays this, you know, the 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 older grizzled boxing coach type that you always see in these movies. 
Oh, this is this predates Rocky though, doesn't it? So Burgess Meredith, eat your heart out. Ernie yeah, Pantuso. eat your heart out, you fucking old prick. <laughs> so, Chase a chicken. Um, hey, but, I just I I I I uh, fucking brought Fat City Rocky to Precious. Burgess Meredith was telling Rocky, chase that chicken. You catch that chicken. You got lightning fast <laughs> reflexes. And Precious chased the chicken. Good job. Caught the chicken and fucking Ex- the chicken. displayed good reflexes to get out the door and not Which get caught. she did, man. And not she get caught. Quick. It was good. How the hell could they not catch her? <laughs> they didn't And try. what would they have done if they would have caught her? Give me that mm-hmm. bucket of half-eaten chicken back. Yeah, she did. She, she should have walked back in the place and just puked it all over the counter. <laughs> Here's your chicken back, you fucking motherfucker. So, the, that was a um, scene. I will say that. I hate to go back to that movie, but I do not like watching people vomit, and that looked real. Oh, uh, what's his face had a really gross. Um, Some chunks in uh, in uh, in No Country. Um, Brolin had a gross vomit uh, when he was crossing the bridge into Mexico. It looked like it looked like custard. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, probably come. It's probably Anton Sugar's jizz. <laughs> gawk, gawk. Buckets of jizz. The um, so at this point, you know, you have a chance meeting of these two boxers, one at the end, one at the beginning, mm-hmm. and at this point, their paths kind of like separate again. And Keech's character Tully says, you know, I think you got something. You know, I'm done. I'm pretty much done. Why don't you go meet this guy at this address and see what he can do for you. So at this point in the movie, you know, Bridges is going his way and Keech is going his other. And I, you know, I thought the whole movie was going to be like a kind of a coach and, you know, yeah. and it ended up not being at all. I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of like three stories of these people, how they kind of like intertwine. And it's, you know, I guess it's like, it's kind of a noir movie because everybody just kind of, nobody's really a great person. <laughs> everybody's just kind of like gross and they're real. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. how many people do you know that are just, I mean... There's no real protagonist in the movie. It's just kind of like a, a shady slice of life kind of thing. That's a shady slice of life. I like that. Boxing movies always seem to go that way, don't they? Well, my friend was a professional boxer, and he would tell me, you know, he said it is such a fucking dirty business. Yeah. Like, he had videotapes when he was on Sports World and shit, and he said, see that guy right there? And, like, the guy was like working his he would let the guy like walk to the ring and carry the bucket or something like that and the guy was pretty much like a drug dealer friend of his or a nefarious character mm-hmm. he said that the, the whole thing is just surrounded by just really scummy uh near criminal or criminal element well, like it's like any kind of that sports entertainment to use yeah. the the Vince McMahon term <laughs> but that now that's all legit <laughs> right, sorry, Staggerly. <laughs> Bob Backlund. <laughs> um, so we get to see what Keach goes to do. Yeah, since he's not a boxer, he goes to fucking pick onions and drink in the sun, which looks fucking miserable. Um, and how just, much did it make? Like, I said, after taxes and everything, they take home like five dollars a uh, a day or something. I don't know what that was in 1972, but it couldn't have been much. Um, but he, uh, I mean. You know, they they it shows them they're digging these like using a hoe or a shovel or whatever and um pulling these onions out of the ground, slicing them off, and he keeps like pulling a bottle out of his dirty ass shirt, guzzling <laughs> liquor or whatever it is he's drinking. Yeah, that quench your thirst. Yeah. 
so he, <laughs> you know, you, you, you just get early on that he's just a drunk and it's just at a shitty place in life. As where Bridges is, he's 18. I don't know how old Jeff Bridges actually he was. He was pretty young because they wanted Bo Bridges. They wanted Brando and Bo Bridges, and Bo Bridges was like, well, I'm, I'm kind of too old, so give my brother. So 40, give him a shot. 49, he would have been 23 or so when he did this. So Yeah, he looked like, I mean, so he was very baby-faced. Very, very baby-faced. This is right around the last picture show era, right? So Yeah. Yeah, he looks, if you've seen that one, you know what he look, kind of looks like in this too, so. Uh, so um, the uh, let me ask you a question. Okay. I don't cut you off, but while I just was thinking this, and I I didn't ask you because I mean I'm going back to the last movie again. Uh, <laughs> was there any point in that movie in the movie Precious where you like almost cried? <laughs> um, the yeah the when when she writes something in her journal. It's like a one sentence. You're, you're kind of near the end. It's kind of near that thirty minute mark. Mm. That that got me. That that one that one that one choked me up because that was pretty sad. Yeah. Um. Oh, man. This one. This one. Uh. <laughs> this what. This one almost got me too. That the at the very end and then that that Chris Christopherson yeah. song. But um. That was the, a good choice for this that song. Yeah. 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 Um. So back to Bridges, uh, Ernie. Um, Ernie goes in, and uh, I got—I don't know if they did this intentionally or what, but Bridges looked really awkward when he boxed. Um, well, the thing was, I mean, I think, and like I said, I, I get a lot. This movie hits home a lot because of my friend Mike and being around him and being around people and how they act act like that. Um, when you have like uh, Ruben, who was the old uh, veteran boxer trainer, mm-hmm. um, those guys, they're almost like a salesman. And so when, the, when Jeff Bridges was in there and, you know, whether it was Billy Tully, who was Stacey Keach, or Ruben, uh, the old vet or whatever, they're looking, they're looking for a prospect. Not because they, they – like with Bridges – they're telling him, man, you really got it. You got this. You got that. Blah, 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 blah. And they're pumping him up. And theoretically, he might not have even been that good. They might have been, there might have been a little something that they saw, but he wasn't that good. But that's a money-making thing for them. Yeah. They're, selling, they're, they're, they're selling themselves to him by saying, I can get you in it. Boy, you know, you really got it. You really got it. You really got it. Uh, just because, number one, and they brought this up several times, he was white. And a, a white fighter. There's a you know this well, is they even, even yeah, they, they even bill him as as Irish to right. even even more hammer at home. There's tons of Hispanic fighters and African American fighters, but if you can come up with the next Rocky Marciano, the the Great White Hope, you can make a lot of money. So that's kind of I th- I think was because even when these guy these kids would lose. Ruben's still like, you had him. You could have done this. And when he would tell, somebody would come up that didn't see the fight and say, how did they do? Even though Bridges might have gotten knocked out or just got the shit beat out of him or the other guys, he'd be like, oh, he was doing great. You know, uh, the, the guy cheap shot at him. And that's not even what happened, but he would, he, he's still selling. Yeah. You know, everything's a sales job because he's using this kid because to make money. The, um, with, uh, yeah, you know, so with Bridges, I wasn't sure if 
he was acting like he just didn't know really how to box or if that just what what he looked like when he threw punches yeah you can tell that too like i said (laughs) and i hate to get you know keep going back this but my, my friend mike we would watch movies and if it was a boxing movie he'd be like oh that looks like shit you know he said like um the movie homeboy with mickey rourke uh, was it was really close to what when you're in there and how they move and everything, but you would see some of these older movies and you can tell that you know the guy's really not a fighter yeah. and you know like Rocky, what a fucking joke. That's like watching Ben Grimm in the Fantastic Four. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, go. Oh, they're so ripped in those fucking movies. Ugh, um, <laughs> Rocky. <laughs> so the um, I guess he wasn't very ripped in the first one, but fucking Stallone got really ripped by like. Part, I guess well, he, part looks, two. he didn't even look like a boxer. No. And and he's supposed to be a heavyweight and he looks like a hundred and sixty pounds shredded <laughs> bodybuilder. Um oh you know what? Just to bring that up because we're talking about boxing, Ken Norton, the famous uh heavyweight oh, died. Mandingo. And, yeah, he was in Mandingo, and you could see the veins in his ass when he was fucking Susan George. <laughs> but a life. You said and was there somebody else? And what? You said Ken Norton de- died, and you said nah, and. I thought, okay. Just, well, I was going to say he was in Mandingo. Oh, oh. and he was in it. Mandingo. The Mandingo. I got that movie, by the way. I've, I've only seen the second one. I've seen Drum, the other one he was in. Oh, watch the first one. Kind it's of the same thing. Well, the really f- repulsive and racist, but it's a lot more. Um, Drum has Warren Oates in it, though. Kind of a turn on. <laughs> <laughs> There's no turn ons in Drum, I don't think. Um, the, so one of the things I think that, uh, Bridges does well, and I'm, I'd be hard pressed to think of a good example of it other than this, but I like when he's acting distracted or like nervous about something, mm-hmm. he, he's always, I, I, for some reason, and, I, and when he's do, when he does it in this movie, it kind of like, it like turned that light on. Like I'd seen him do this before, but it's right before his first fight. And you could tell he's nervous and he's kind of looking around. And there's a guy trying to tell him like, you just got to do love this that guy. and you got to do this. And that guy's like 15 years old and he's yeah. already like a veteran boxer. You got to want to win. You don't want to win. You, you want to quit. You got to want to win. You, and you're going to win. You got to tell yourself you're going to win. And then the guy gets a fucking, that guy was so hyped up and then he just gets a fucking <laughs> jaw broken. I love that shit. That, that none of the guys they didn't go with like one of the guys suddenly becoming the next Muhammad Ali and no. everything. This was real. Yeah. The um but he he you know he's very good. Bridges is very good at acting, doing that nervous looking around, doing two things at once thing. I th- I always like that like being fidgety. He's yeah. always good at being fidgety. But uh yeah, after he goes in there and just he, he seems like he's going to do okay and then like his fucking Crack. nose gets splattered, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's done. But That's a the, fucking hard life, man. Uh, That's like the, we were talking about that MMA shit. I, I'm sorry, but I mean, I I would try and find a, I, a better job. I live my life in such a way right now that w- will lead me to hopefully never get hit in the nose. <laughs> yeah, I live my life a quarter mile at a time. By the way. I live my life like 14 feet at a time, very slowly. <laughs> oh, these stairs are really tall. Um, but the uh, and, a, so, and, a, and a dribbling line of shit, <laughs> like a snail's uh, slime, following your path. I was talking about that at work the other day, and I was trying to imagine if like a shit fell out of your pants while you were wearing flip flops, if it would like do like a truck tire, like flip it up into the air. 
this kid, David Mason, was two years older than me. I'm going to go into a quick story. And we were little kids, and his parents were friends with my parents, and they had two kids. My mom and dad had three kids, and we would go to this place called Wolf Run, which was like a big lake, and mm-hmm. you go there and swim in the summer. And they had like the little charcoal things that you could put charcoal in and cook hot dogs, hamburgers. Right? It was, I guess, a good time. Yeah. If my dad wouldn't have been there, it would probably been better. Um, David Mason, who was two years older than me, and I wore his hand-me-downs for probably the first, uh, I don't know, ten years of my life, um, shit his pants. <laughs> and he had sandals on, and he had a, the, it, it, the turd fell out of his swimming trunks down the leg, and was a, he had a piece of turd on his foot. And my mom still talks about that. So then his mother, Mary Lou, had to... I'm naming these names because my friend Diane, if she ever listens to the episode, which sometimes she might, you know, she'll know this. Um, Mary Lou had to take her shorts off. Now, this kid's probably, if I was four or five, this kid was like seven, and give her son her shorts. Now, she's a grown, full-grown woman, so these shorts probably almost came down to his ankles, and she just had her bikini bottoms on, and he pooped on his foot. So that just tells you that's you what happens. you still know him? Um, he's a big time Republican. Oh, I mean, he's on Facebook and he seems like, I mean, I've always, he's a funny guy, but if you look at his Facebook page, you're, I, I just, uh, I feel like you deserve that turd on your foot. Yes. That's probably (laughs) what changed. And he's really religious. Oh no. So whatever, you know, you can have people. Here's a question I have for you. I mean, I hate to get off the beaten path, but we haven't talked in a while. Uh, uh, Mr. Chris and I were discussing this the other day. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, he said he has no friends that are conservatives or Republicans or that are like really religious. He said, I just got to the point in my life where I was like, I don't, I don't want these people in my life. Now, I will say this. I have friends that are right wing. I have friends that are teabaggers. I have friends that are Christian, born again, and all this and that. And we're still friends. Yeah. Do, you have, do you give up like all your friends and make a point of like, I'm not going to talk to you and this and that? I'm not um, saying he. I, I don't know. I think that being around people that have a more progressive point of view, and if I can, I, I don't challenge them, and I don't argue with them, and I don't fight with them or anything like that. Right. But I also do not just not say anything or whatever. And I think that if enough people are show and speak and act with an open point of view and a progressive point of view, that maybe we can. I think if you directly confront people, like and get in their face, mm-hmm. they're immediately going to throw up their guard, and you're yeah. never going to convince them of anything. But some stuff might seep in, especially if you use logic, which to me seems like more of a our side of the fence kind of a right, thing. Right. Science and logic. I, I, I certainly have a conservative and or uh, religious friends. And family members. And family members. But the uh, it, only if it becomes, if those beliefs become their lifestyle, is when I when I kind of lose interest in being like around somebody. But like yeah. just because somebody voted for so and so or you know goes to church on Sunday, if they're cool, they're cool, you know, whatever. But if they if they are like bringing up God in the middle of a fucking conversation about the well, event, and I don't like when people continually like I had a friend that would. He never commented on anything that I ever put on Facebook. And then he got in this weird mode where anything I put up, he would just like start challenging me on it and, and like trying to start an argument. So I just got to the point where I just made it so he can't see my shit. Because yeah. I'm like, I'm not on here to fucking argue with you. Because yeah, yeah. you, 
somebody like that, if you know they have their point of view and they're not going to change and they're not even you know then I'm like like I said I I don't want to get I don't want to be in a bubble where I only hear one point of view and because right. I think that's bad too. But, you know, he was just going through this weird thing, and he was – I'm like, dude, I'm not on here to fight with you. Ever. Like, getting a fucking hour-long argument and then go to work and be like, hey, how are you? You know, I was like, <laughs> it's be better off. That's one of those deals in that situation where it's like the um, uh, better, best not to talk about sex, politics, and religion yeah, yeah, and yeah. just be friends. The um, – so, all right, back to the movie. Fat, Fat City. City. I got to go to bed. The uh, What? <laughs> the um, – but after after Bridges gets his nose splattered in his first fight, um, I like when he goes back and they obviously have no money and they just take his boxing trunks off and like make another guy wear them. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the, I mean, the, how low budget can you be? <laughs> that guy's and, pulling up those shorts. He's like, man, they got blood. Out. They're all bloody. He's like, it doesn't matter. It's not your blood. <laughs> how about even another low budget example is when you go in the gym and they say, okay, get in your stuff. And they don't have a locker room. They just have a bench right out in the middle of the... No, oh yeah, he like he, took, he he changed clothes right there while they're talking, having a conversation yeah. with him. But the um, that'd be all right if you had a really big cock. And oh, and the, another low budget thing is when he was in there. He's never boxed. He had never boxed before. I don't think I mentioned that the this, the Bridges character Ernie had never boxed before. It's just something he was interested in. And when he's in there, and when Keech it's more like kinda, working out, yeah, like when, just uh, getting exercise. But Keech, Keech had asked him if he wanted to spar, and he's like here, and he throws him a pair of gloves, but he throws them the little head guard thing that they wear. And as he's pulling that over his face, the only thing I think is, oh my god, that thing's probably old. Like, imagine what that smells like—that leather. Yeah. Like, I have boxing gloves, and they stink because <sighs> I mean, they're, the the inside, the all outside's leather, but the inside is like cloth with padding, Christ. and just sweat, sweat, sweat. My hand wraps would stink so bad, and I'd never wash them. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. I used to do that with my football uniform too. I would never uh, wash it in practice. I'd just put it in my locker, and it smelled. So musty. It smelled like sour milk. It's gross. Uh, so yeah, that head that headgear he was wearing probably smelled like sour milk and, yeah, like and a, booze. Some woman's crotch. But uh sour milk. His uh but the, the <laughs> Dude, Where'd that come from? Jane had some sour almond milk in her fucking cereal yesterday. She's like, Bleh! I bought some. I've never had almond milk, and I bought two cartons of it. Does it go bad pretty quick when you open it? Or no, this was. I mean, the expiration on this was ju- late July, so we'd had it a long time. It lasts. It lasts quite a while. I haven't tried it yet. This but... one had gotten pushed back. We'd like opened up a second bottle or a jug of it, and it, this one had got pushed back to the back. So. Um, the. Um, but the the makeup's not great. But his but Bridges' face the day after just looks like shit. Like his his eyes are swollen and his fucking nose is all fat. And, uh, <laughs> and Coach Coach Ernie Pantuso says, says look at look, they they'll get you all fixed. Does it look like my nose has ever been broken?" He's like, "Yes, yes." <laughs> I love, Bridges always has this like in movies. I'm sure, he has to be like this in life probably. Like just kind of a cynical attitude where he's like, you know, hey, well, look at my nose. Can you can you tell that it's ever been broken? He's like, yes. <laughs> um, he's a good guy. I, I like Jeff Bridges. I do too. Probably find out he's a fucking child rapist or something. <laughs> no, let's just not look. It's none of my business. Um, the the uh, the so our story kind of shifts back, and we get the we get Stacey, back to Stacy Keach. Um, and Billy Tully. He's he's already he he's already run past. Uh, the Susan Tyrell uh, character 
in this bar that he frequents. Oh my god! And she was that uh, that movie was so. I, my friend Gina loves the movie Barfly, and I said, if you like the movie Barfly, you got to watch this because you'll like it. Yeah, it's it's similar. It's there's some similar kind of uh, you know, it's a it's a total like codependent gross relationship that just kind of blossoms <laughs> and these these fucking it was people wonderful oh man they're ah. just so like just helpless the um poor earl that's all i have to say poor earl the black guy that was her boyfriend oh yeah in the green suit in the green fedora at first you kicked earl's box <laughs> oh she was such a drunk and i mean i'm telling you what i dated a girl that was kind of like she's better looking but jesus christ it wasn't much different when she was just a lush yeah, and Tyrell's character is not one time sober in this entire movie, I don't think. And um, she has her dress like unzipped and she's like out in public. She wears the same dress all the time and the, she never nice. zips up the back. Uh but uh it's a it's a great drunk conversation. But this is a re meeting of the two and her green suited boyfriend Earl is gone. Um and, oh, uh, if you have ever been a bar fly and just hung out at a bar on a consistent basis, this is fucking spot fucking yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> the, uh, but this bar must not have air conditioning because everybody's a fucking sweaty mess in there. But both of them, Keech and Tyrell, are both very good drunk actors. I don't know if they were drinking or not. But... I bet you they were because it was very convincing. <laughs> yeah. You can count on me. And he fucking just belches in the middle of a sentence <laughs> and stuff. I hate that. He's a, yeah. Who would just burp when you wanted to, when you had trying to have a conversation? <laughs> the um, <laughs> but he's a mess. Her dress is hanging off; it's unzipped. She's a mess. But um, they oh, you know she just how the blues said that, that Earl raped her. Oh, and like she goes through the like, whole thing like her husband was shot or something. Like uh, he just she just tells her whole life story, and he's he's like, oh, oh I feel bad. I'm just gonna, I just want to hit my head. She's like, why don't you do it? Why don't you hit your head on the jukebox or whatever? He bugs and headbutts the fucking and jukebox. She met and him and like it was only like for like ten minutes, and they're walking out on the street, and she goes, I love she you starts so crying. He's like, well, what's wrong with you? She goes, I love you so much. <laughs> Jesus, like, oh my god, that is such a drunk chick thing. Jesus. Or my friend Jim, who said that about my sister. Oh. <laughs> I love her so much. Why, we're just such good friends. Why can't she love me? And I'm like, will you shut up? I didn't want to hear this. <laughs> shut up. The, um, uh, well, so things, you know, things I are... strangled him and left him along the interstate and nobody would have ever known it. <laughs> what? Things are getting, uh, you know, kind of messy for them. And we're going back to Bridges and his career is really... Not going as as according to plan either. Um, you know, it's a, that that funny scene where they they're binding him this nice sparkly new robe, and like <laughs> I like the way that's done because he hands it over the top rope and before he like, and now what's the dude called? So maybe it's his trainer, and then what's the second dude called? Um, I can't remember what. Uh, he like was the the the, the guy. Bucket. Basically, it's not the guy that talks to him, but the guy that holds the bucket. Where's the bucket in yeah. my hand? Where's the water in the bucket? <laughs> <laughs> so he that guy basically he doesn't even have time to fold up the fold up this nice new robe before Bridges is fucking on his back just out. Well, but I'm telling you what, when he had that robe on in the store, you would have thought he he's like Muhammad Ali and then like I said Rubens just fucking telling the guy in the store, "Yeah, he had this fight and that fight. He's and and he hadn't like won, I think he lost like two fights or something mm-hmm. like that. He's telling him, "He's won his first five fights. He's looking real good. He's just telling all this bullshit." And and actually Ernie's like dancing around and he's really into it and like then it's like crap clack you know? <laughs> and uh i mean it, it was like it was like the deal with a what like a 
you know, three hundred dollar robe and a ten cent chin. You know, <laughs> the um, there. Who said the line? There are some women that love you for yourself, but that doesn't last long. Oh, okay, that's that's key. That's a Keech drunk line. That's true. The <laughs> I, I had to write that one down. Um, and ever ever since my wife left me, it's just one mess after another. Um, I mean, I could keep going, just kind of like following their path. But you 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 got um, you know inevitably these three are somehow going to get involved still in some way. I guess I guess. Tyrell and and Bridges never really do anything, but Bridges kind of is going his way. But did he ever even meet her? No, he never okay. did. Because yeah. she, well, she she was only ever in the bar in their apartment. Yeah, the apartment scene where he's cooking the fucking food. Oh my god! How oh my god, him? that was so awesome because <laughs> it was such white trash. I mean, oh. he just fucking like busts a bo- glass bottle of ketchup on the floor and just leaves it there. And he's and, well, and he's, when he made those peas, he didn't even cook them. Yeah, they he just, just don't opened the can, the can and poured them on the. And they're rolling all over the place. He um he uh, he was uh, he was cleaning up a little bit at this point and getting really annoyed with her. Yeah. And um, she was hilarious because she would go like she would start needling him and then she would say stuff to him and then start laughing like like to herself because she knew she was just pushing his buttons. But then in the next in two seconds later she'd be bawling. He'd be like, "What are you bawling for?" And he, he's, he's like, "I just want you to eat your food." <laughs> now this this might be. And it's it's not it, it's not exactly like a a major part of the movie, and I don't really want to talk about like what exactly is going on. But there's a there's a Mexican boxer, Sixtos Rodriguez. Cis- Wait, it's not that Sixtos Rodriguez. Really? It's not the singer. It's a boxer. He was a real boxer in real life. He was a real boxer. Okay. Yeah. You the, could. T- uh, I mean, when I saw him, I was like, you could tell this guy was his nose was oh, was like nose question was mark up. Yeah. And he looked like a, he could box. And he I didn't know that's who shape. that was because I saw that name in there. I was like, what the fuck? He was in there. Um, what was that fucking song? Oh, I'm just thinking about uh, Sugar Man. Sugar Man. Yeah, yeah, Sugar Man. The uh, but I really like that character. Um, he doesn't really talk much. I mean, he doesn't speak English, but doesn't, and he doesn't say anything. I don't think. Yeah, and I thought, I I really thought when they brought him in, th- there's a little reveal with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I if thought, it would have been a mainstream movie, they would have took well, that to a, its inevitable conclusion. And, and I thought that was but where it was going to go. And it I didn't liked it because they didn't. And it just he's in, and then he's out, and it's like, you know, we're getting this movie with. You know, with these guys that are, they're they're perpetual losers. I mean, these guys are never really going to go anywhere. And it just showed that this was the his, his journeyman lifestyle where his, he just his, yeah. And we don't see anything before with this the with Sixto or after. But we just, I mean, we can assume all the stuff about him and like you know, and that it is. I I, I thought it was super. I, I love. But it that. was weird in in comparison to Billy Tully. Who was just a complete and total mess. Yeah. But and and he used the excuse that you know, and and even Ruben said this when his when his wife left him, he just he was an alcoholic and he just went down the tubes. But then you look at Sixtos or Sixto, uh, and uh, his character, they have the same profession and the same lifestyle where they they're both were really good fighters and now they're on that kind of journeyman. Uh, uh, Guy who just fights on the, you know, mm-hmm. he's he's kind of a name, he, you know, whatever. But you look at him coming from Mexico on that bus, and he's just immaculate. 
His suit's real nice. Yep. He has the little hat, you know, hat that you wear all the time, uh, <laughs> you know, on and everything. And and but he just looks. His clothes are pressed. And then you look at Billy Tully, and he's sort of living the same life, but he's just a complete and total wreck. And even he's a. Uh, and maybe 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 Rodriguez is a wreck too when he leaves. You know, he looks good when he's traveling, but. And well, physically he was, you yeah. Know, but I think it was just a different. I think that I think with him, I think that he was just a, 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 a uh, just the kind of guy he was. Maybe just a, a, a classier guy or whatever. And I think that uh, Billy Tully, if he would have had a tattoo on his arm that said "Born to Lose," it wouldn't have surprised <laughs> me because. And he does. He's doing it to himself because even when he has success, he he's the kind of guy that that just has to fuck it up. He goes out of his way to fuck it up. He, he is, I think he almost pathologically wants to be a loser, wants to, uh, like he, every job he has, he fucking loses it. He gets a job in a cannery and he tells what's her name. I've already worked there. I got fired from there. Uh, he's content to be a fucking loser because he, and it's not, if the alcoholism is is I guess a part of it, yeah. but I mean, he just kind of wants to wallow in his own self pity yeah. uh, because of that chick, yep. and we never see her. Don't know really other than she just left him, and Ruben said it just, just ruined him. So yeah, that so the, you know Rodriguez being in and out, and then this the the there's a scene at the end at like a bar slash diner slash whatever it is that um, that was con- an awesome scene. Yeah, the conversation that that really. Like if the movie hadn't ended with these two kinds of things, it would have been a different movie completely, and it really cemented it as just fucking awesome for me. Yeah, um, they didn't go the conventional route, and I and if if you know anything about John Huston, I mean, you probably yeah uh, he would he would never do that anyway, you know. But um, the one the the well, you go like, ahead and continue with your notes too, if you want to okay. continue. You can keep going. Well, I mean, um, like I said, I mean, my friend. He fought like five world champions, middleweight champions. He lost every time. He was a journeyman guy, and you know, and he's proud of that and everything. And, and you know, he's, he's the kind of guy that one thing he told me that that another thing that kind of hit close to home was in the ending scene in the diner was the the uh, he called it like having these blurs mm-hmm. where because of getting you know your profession is getting hit in the head and how many concussions do you have when you're just you know. <sighs> Guys throwing a hundred punches around at your head, and he said, "You know, he goes, I because in the movie Homeboy with Mickey Rourke and Christopher Walken, he said that was the same thing. That's what brought up talking about it. He said he'd get these blurs where, like, he might be looking at something and turn his head, and everything will just like stop, and then it just in like a couple seconds, then everything starts up again, and then you know, they start talking like this. He start it, later on, you know, he's probably." Uh, probably seven years older than me, and I, I haven't seen him in a while. But um, you know, start getting the mumble mouth, the the punch yeah. drunk kind of a thing. But so a lot of the stuff like that, really, uh, you know, just from being around him, being in gyms and stuff like that, and working out and boxing and stuff like that. I know there was a, a one scene uh, when I did this myself, sparring with somebody, especially the first time when you ever get into the uh, ring and, and and you're boxing somebody. Jeff Bridges does this when he goes to the gym. The scene after he was with Keach, 
and I think he might have did it with Keach too. But he got they he gets in the ring and the guy says, "Well, get in there with this guy and let's and try you out." And they're moving around and they're kind of punching. And when you're sparring, you're not supposed to go full out and like try and kill each other. And it's hard because when somebody starts hitting you, you, want to, <laughs> you yeah, you want to swing back. And and you're and and you want to do well and you want to you know dominate or whatever. But anyway, um, I hit a guy one time and the first thing I was like, "Oh, sorry," you know. <laughs> And you're supposed to be doing it, but it's just your natural reaction, unless you're like a guy that fights all the time in bars or something. I was like, oh, sorry, 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 are you okay? <laughs> yeah. And they kind of did that. Um, uh, just there was a lot of boxing stuff in there that was I, – I, I did see, I think and, – and this is just um, because it is a movie – you know, you don't want like Stallone always talks about when they would make Rocky or something like that, or when he made Expendables and him and Stone Cold had their fight scene and he broke fucking Stallone's back or uh, cracked a vertebrae in his neck and all that, which is really stupid. It's like uh, uh, the guys that would get in a pro wrestling match and it's you'd hear a worker say, you know, hey, it's supposed to be a work. You know, we're supposed to make it look real but not hurt each other, and you're hurting me or whatever. And that's like Stallone. It's like a macho, uh, a macho thing, like if Burt Reynolds would say, I did my stunts in this or something. It's stupid to get in there when you have stunt doubles and or it's a it's a what you know was considered a work and get in there and really hit each other, yeah. break each other's nose and stuff. I noticed a lot of the stuff when they would be in there in boxing or sparring that a lot of the punches that they would throw would be below the neck. Like mm-hmm. they'd be throwing punches either to the arms, the body, the shoulders, which, you know, you can kind of go a little bit faster without having to worry about hurting some break, break the actor's nose, you know, yep, yep. cut his eye or whatever. So they would do stuff like that. And then you, when you would see a knockout punch, they usually had like a cut and you could see that they probably said, okay, we'll position you this way. So the camera's behind you. So it looks like you're coming across and you can't see that there's, no contact. This is just the way they would shoot things in a bar fight in a western or whatever, just stuntman yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But uh, a lot of the boxing in it, there was parts of it that, like I said, I, I was sitting there and I was kind of like, okay, this it doesn't look really super authentic. But then I'm like, well, it's a movie. And John Houston boxed at one time. He uh, was I don't know if he was amateur or pro, but he wasn't any good or whatever. They always say that, you know. So um, that's uh, Cistos Rodriguez. Um, he had a thing on here about his uh, his boxing record. I mean, he, he was like a champion and stuff. I thought he looked familiar, but you know, back in the seventies, there was a lot of you know, he watched boxing. There was a lot of guys saying that. Jeff Bridges, like I said, just a baby face. Um, but it, even at that early age, he's really good. The scene with him and uh, this was Candy Clark's first movie, and she was the blonde that Terry the Toad was infatuated with in um, American Graffiti. Mm-hmm. And oh, she yeah, plays yeah. Jeff Bridges' girlfriend, and I didn't recognize her at first. I was like, that girl's voice sounds familiar. Who is that? And then I looked it up. <laughs> uh, the scene with him and the girl in the car was very authentic because I've had those conversations myself <laughs> where they're trying to talk in to get married or trying to figure out how you feel. Eh, do you really love me? <laughs> oh, I'm late. And then you go through hell for a couple or a week or so, and they're like, oh, I. I had my beard. Fuck you. Anyway, um, thanks for putting me through hell. Keep your trap shut next time until you're sure. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, I really liked I liked also um, there was a scene with Billy Tully and Eddie Mung- or Ernie Munger and uh, where 
I think at first, kind of. I mean, I probably was the same way with my friend Mike. You hear about a guy that's went to England and fought, and went you know Texas and all over the United States, Las Vegas, and he was on Sports World and all this and that and everything. So you're like, man, this is great. I'm hanging out with this guy, and he's lived this life. But then you start to realize that the guys, uh, in my case, doing, you know, not an alcoholic. Well, probably both doing that and doing some other stuff that, uh, uh, you know. <laughs> right. Uh, so anyway. Um, and you start seeing, and a lot of, like I said, a lot of the same things where, um, you know, my friend has a chance to get this job or that job and fucks it up constantly. And he always falls back on this cause it's easy money. You know, you go and they'll, they'll call, call you within one week and say, this guy dropped out. We need you to, to, to fight. Can and you have one week and the other guy's like a heavy or a middleweight contender and he's been training for, you know, three or four months and you know, you're just going to get slaughtered, but. Just go in there for a couple of rounds, get knocked out, and you collect all this money. It beats going down to the grocery store and working 40 hours a week. Um, so there was a lot of stuff like that. But the scene, the, 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 just as I'm looking at the actual art or box cover, box art, um, Billy is getting in his car, and he sees – or I mean Ernie's getting in his car, which is Jeff Bridges. And he sees Billy walking down the street, and Billy hasn't seen him yet, Stacy Keach. And Ernie immediately tries to get in his car real fast and start it up and get out of there because he just has – he knows now that Billy is a loser. Mm-hmm. Billy is never going to – you know, he likes Billy, but Billy's probably going to ask him for money or he's going to come over and be drunk and obnoxious. And he, I think one, another thing is he, he sees Billy and he can tell Billy's drunk. Yeah. He's walking down the street. His clothes are all dirty. His hair's all messed up. And uh, then when – Billy sees him. He's like, fuck, because he can't get his car started. So he gets out, hey, man, how you doing? You know, puts on one of those deals. And Billy does this thing where he likes Ernie, and I think that they're friends, you know, as much, you know, as much as they can be friends, and they have a connection. It's the old guy and the young guy. Um, but he says something really mean to Ernie. Just out of the blue, he goes, you know, he goes, you remember that time, that first time we met in the gym and you were working out? And Billy's like, yeah. Or, I mean, Ernie's like, yeah. And he goes, I saw something there. And he goes, and, and he goes, ah, forget it. And Ernie's like, no, what? what? And he's like all, he's like, you know, what was it? You know, he thinks it's going to sound great. And Billy just goes, I, I just thought to myself, there's a guy that's soft in the middle or something like that. And he just oh, kind of says, yeah, like, and it's like this kind of an asshole thing to say. But I think the reason that, Billy said it was because Ernie's got a wife. He's got a baby now. He's got a job. He's fighting kind of on the side, but he's kind of got it going on. He's uh, and I think that Billy looks at him and it's just it's he's just bitter, and because he's drunk, that bitterness just comes out. Yeah, I don't think he would have ever said that when he was sober, but because he was drunk and he was bitter, it's like a Mel Gibson thing. He just he just comes out and says something <laughs> kind of assholeish and mean. <laughs> Not because Ernie ever did anything to him. Ernie's right. never been anything but a uh, like a kid brother to him, sort of. Uh, but he just kind of has to say this. It's the Chris Christopherson song. Everybody's got to have somebody to look down on, mm-hmm. and you want to um, it, try and like try and make himself. And as he says it, after he, right after he says it, he realizes that it was kind of an asshole thing to say. And I think Bridges kind of blows it off like you know he he's drunk. Yeah, he's just you know being a drunk dick, and you know I'm not gonna fucking. But then right after that, he's like, "Hey man, you want to go get 
go get some coffee or something. He wanted just a drink with him. He's like, I'm going to drink with you. So they go get the coffee. And another scene that really stood out was the the uh, the uh, real frail old man behind the counter. Ugh. And Keach just immediately wants, because like I said, a bitter kind of a thing. Uh, his thing is, uh, I never sold out. I never took a like a shitty nine to five. I never let the boss talk shit. He doesn't say this, but this is what he's like insinuating. Right. And Bridget just looks at him and says, "What if he's happy? You know, maybe he's done a song. Maybe yeah, maybe, maybe he's happy. He said maybe he we're likes all happy, coming right? in here and talking to people, and you know, and they look back at the old man, and the old man can't hear him, but he just smiles, and you know, that was kind of a touching thing. That that last scene uh, was like a, like I'm kind of like you. It was. It was a kind of a, a guy scene, mm-hmm. you know, but it was it was kind of touching, and um, the Tyrell character was just hilarious to me. <laughs> uh, there was, I think, I mean, it was done in such a, a funny way that even there was never a point in time where I looked at her and I go, "God, I feel sorry for her. She's such a, a a loser too," because they never showed that side of her when she would cry it was more like a drunk crying and two seconds later she'd be laughing hysterically she was just such a drunk yeah uh you know like i said i i really i i i had never seen this movie it i bought it i think on vhs and it for some reason it sat on the shelf for i bet you over 10 years had dust on i never watched it for some reason huh. I, I love cc keach i love jeff bridges i i but what the reason I didn't watch it is because I thought it was going to be a rocky kind of a story, yeah. a conventional old vet, young guy. He trains Bridges. Bridges becomes the champ or something, blah, 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 blah. That's what I was expecting, too. Nothing like that, and it's so much better for it. I think this is uh, – fuck it. For me, it's a masterpiece, and I've watched it a bunch of, uh, several times. I love the cinematography. It kind of reminds me of the, the, the um, movie Wise Blood where they are – even though it's in Stockton, California, and, and at, at one time, like we were talking about Fat City, I don't think we did. We say this off the air. No, yeah, we looked it up because I wanted to know what Fat City was. But that was Stockton, California, at one right. time was called Mudville and and Fat City and some other names. Yeah, but like I, I was telling Lois, uh, the Tisha Valley that he owned this big cattle ranch and they were really rich and everything. And the close town was Stockton, California. And when they would say they were going to town, they would go to Stockton, and it was this big sprawling gold bus town and there was just people everywhere stores really prosperous but like in wise blood which was also directed by john houston and fat city um he doesn't usually go for like the big fancy nice places he finds the waterfront town where maybe at one time by the like where i lived by the river uh the ohio river at one point when they settled there, that's where everything was. All the stores, everybody lived down there. And then as things progressed, it moved away from there. And that ended up being the rundown kind of shitty section of town. Yeah. And that's where he makes his movies. And when you see this movie and you see him walking down the street and these little dive bars, uh, you, I mean, they're everywhere. Every every area, whether it's North Carolina or West Virginia or wherever, has this section of town or you know, it's kind of run down. The jobs have kind of went away. You know, blah blah. blah. But it's um, it's kind of a hard luck story. But I also think there's some there's some feel good stuff in it. There's some funny stuff in it. It's not just all depressing. 
uh, it is definitely has depressing moments. It has, it's, you know, got a lot of, you know, like I said, born to lose kind of things. Chris Christopherson's song is fucking perfect for it. It was a good choice. Um, if I had to rate this one, you want me to go ahead and rate first? Yeah, sure. For me, 9.5. Nice. I, I, yeah. give it an, I give it an 8.5. Yeah. Um, the end really, really bumped it up a notch. Um, but it's just, just a, it, it, it's a, at times, bleak movie, but it's it feels real. Um, it's very, very well done, very well acted. The three of them together, well, not necessarily together on screen, but mm-hmm. that's three, three heavy hitters there. And it's, it's, uh, it's, and good, even good the, shit. even the peripheral characters, like you said, the guy that carries the bucket, uh, the guy that was his, uh, manager or whatever, uh, any, any of those people, Earl, the, the, the black guy, the African American mm-hmm. guy that was, uh, um, Tyrell's boyfriend. Everything looked authentic. The, yeah. it, the the people hanging out in the in the uh, the diner or in the gym or you know in the bar. It looked. I mean, those that bar looked like an authentic. You know, lights are low. You could kind of almost smell the stale beer, like you said, and the the little the, the shitty slow moving ceiling fan and people smoking cigarettes and stuff. It really. It was like a. It's it's definitely a. a uh, portrait of you know, kind of down on their luck Americana. Yeah, I loved it. Cool, awesome. Let's uh, take a little break and we'll do a little bit of feed sack and uh, talk about what we're watching next week. We'll be right back. Be check. One, two, three, cuatro. What's up, my noogies? This is Michael Raven Shadow from the Trick or Treat Radio Podcast. All right, I'm here to talk to you about my buddies, the Mill Creeps. Now, I don't care if you live in Hawaii or the great state of Canada. Let me tell you something. Podcasts are the same all over the world except for the Mill Creeps. So listen, why don't you download the Mill Creeps show? But listen, turn the fans on, all right? So I want you to do. Get your fans on, turn the Hot Pockets on the microwave, turn it up to high, and download the Mill Creeps, okay? Maybe get your boys over the house. Maybe you can help you paint the deck. Maybe you can just paint each other. You know, it's crazy, it's sleazy, it's uh, a little bit scary, and uh, just do that. So uh, that's what I'm doing. What am I doing? I'm putting DMX right on right now, and I'm going to listen to uh, some Milk Creeps. Download the Milk Creeps on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or milkcreeps.libsyn.com. He's a whore. He's a whore, yeah. He'll do anything for money. <laughs> Gigolo is the only way to go. 
Oh. <laughs> At first I didn't recognize him, but I was like, wait a minute, that's cheap trick. So, Let's get this over with, you gotta go to sleep. I gotta go to sleep. Me. We got a little feed sack. Let me do a better show, people, this week, but somebody has to go to sleep. Yeah. I stayed up all night they shitting. Do. They have to sleep. All right. So we got a couple feed sacks. So our first one is from a familiar voice. <laughs> it's uh, silver and gold. It's still London good now. That's who that is? Uh, I apologize. I, so. I haven't called in a while. Uh, I meant to call when you uh, had your 100th episode and you celebrated by watching uh, what all movies show down in Little Tokyo. <laughs> So, so thank you for covering my movie, and uh, a big congrats on uh, getting to the 100th episode. You know, one boy is sly. He's been bothering me every day since then. Hey, you know, hey, you know, why does he care to see him again? Sly impersonation. It's pretty good. I don't know. And I just say, you know, I've been busy making movies. I was filming Battle of the Dan. I apologize for that one. It's not really good. I had another one of those divorce payments. You know, you know how it goes. You know, the wife catches you rubbing body oil all over the last alone in your underpants, and she thinks it's some weird gay sex fetish. <laughs> I don't know. I've been paying for it ever since. So, uh, me and Slide Joke, I say, you know. I don't do battle of the damn, you know, to pay for my divorce payments, but you know, slap with your excuse for the bullet to the head, you know. <laughs> Walter Hill, sure. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Oh, we're currently filming expensive three, and I know, uh, you know, Sly and Stary said, you know, I just can't keep talking about you guys nonstop, so that's it. Let me, let me just take a quick break from filming the greatest action movie of all time. <laughs> Sly told me to say that. Uh, let me take a break from doing that. Just shout out to my boys. I'm in love. You want to say, hey, thank you for providing great entertainment, for providing me being the gold. I'm very humbled. And uh, you just keep on going. And now remember, Brandon Lee thinks we all have big dicks, not just me, you know. You know, he up in heaven, he's like, man, look at those two diamonds over there. They got big dicks, you know. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I gotta get back to some expendable three. We gotta blow some more shit up, and I'm gonna make my fun of you. <laughs> he's got a what? I don't know, but uh, hey, uh, Dolph, that last movie that you made about the robots and the zombies. <laughs> <laughs> well, he even said it in the voicemail. He said he apologized. Oh, I couldn't understand what the fuck he was saying. He said he had some divorce payments, so. Oh, I heard sort of something like that. Dude, I mean, these Hollywood actors, they, Jesus Christ, dudes. I can't fucking understand you fuckers. We need subtitles. <laughs> subtitles Dude. on the voicemail. Yeah. All right. Last feed sack. Another familiar voice. Hey, see there you go. This is Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. I cannot fucking believe my ears last week. You know, you guys, you had your questions. Which man would you most like to fuck in this community? (laughs) You didn't pick Sly? What? (laughs) I am wounded, you know? I can't believe you two guys wouldn't want to, you know, get together with Sly. Yeah, you know, I got a big dick, but, you know, don't let that put you up. I'm a gentle lover, you know? (laughs) I got muscles. Everybody loves Sly's muscles. 
Hey, my wow. fucking veins. You could have run your hands all over my veins, you know? <laughs> fucking, I just can't believe that. And then to compound my astonishment, you know? You go on to say that fucking, you have like a fucking book and a movie, you know? And you didn't pick any of my fucking movies, you know? You could have had any of the Rocky movies. The greatest action movies of all time. Rambo, the greatest action movie of all time. Expendables, the greatest action movie of all time. Bullet to the head, the fucking greatest movie of all time. I cannot believe Stop you would have one shoot. of the movies as the only movie you could ever watch again. Rise, though, there's another one. Over the top, you know, Cobra. Fucking Demolition Man, get got it. You know, I could go on and on. Then, you know... Do you have to? You fucking books, you know? You try to pretend you're all fucking, like, eggheads and fucking read all these books. You could have picked <laughs> fucking the Rambo books. You know, First Blood, that's a fucking book, you know? <laughs> fucking, that would be great, you know? You could have read that and watched the movie at the same time. I got my own exercise book out as well. You could have fucking had that. You would have been, you know building muscle up, you know, in the fucking, in this future, you know? You you guys need to fucking rethink these answers. I'm fucking pissed off, and I can't believe you would fucking do this to me again, you know? You scumbags. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, man, we're scumbags this time. Well, you can't always get what you want. But if you try sometimes... Um, the uh, maybe I will rethink my answers. Expendables two is not going to be in there, but I did not like Expendables two. I didn't either. I hope three is better. I mean, you know, I think they kind of phoned it in on that last one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but bullet in the head or to the head or what the fuck ever it was. Oh, oh, oh. you didn't? Oh, I, I forgot you saw that. Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. Didn't, didn't uh didn't it was no drive, I'll tell you that. Grind your gears. Fuck, man. You don't hear God, Ryan Gosling grinding gears. Fucker right. shift smooth. So in uh, his Chevy Malibu. Next, <laughs> next week on the show. Um and thank you for the feedback, everybody. Um you can all uh well, I'll say that last. Um we're gonna do some uh Silver and gold without podcast. Wait, without how can I'm gonna fuck this up? Silver and gold without honor and humanity, and we're gonna do some uh, some Japanese pop culture icons. Uh, first, we're gonna review Executioner with Sonny Chiba from '74. Then we're going to talk about Godzilla against Mecha Godzilla from 2002. Yeah. Kicking ass in the streets of Tokyo, baby. So you can always send us feed sack to 206-339-1600 or silvagoldpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, and on uh, our website, silvagold.com. And join our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash silvagold. We're there. We talk and stuff. What? We got Cheryl Teagues with her nips out. Oh yeah, I guess we do sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes we talk. Occasionally, other people talk. Ja. Awesome, Zom. Do you have anything it's else this time. week, sir? It's a good time. It is. Um, I like to say 
that I want to thank my personal Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, for giving us the opportunity to do this show and keep us safe and, and uh, our families safe. And uh, hopefully, God bless you all. And we'll see you next week. Praise him. Praise him. This is Love Hoot. Psalm. Oops.